Adventures from Military coming at you. Robert sitting here with my sidekick, Paul Martinez. Hey, everybody. We're at 15 Perry Street, and appreciate you guys tuning in, and appreciate these guys for hooking us up. Um, I want to talk a little bit about, again, how you can help support the podcast. If you like the content, like the guest, and enjoy what you're listening to, make sure you hit the subscribe, uh, subscribe to us, but also go out there to patreon.com. You can search for Mentors, the number four MIL, whether it's on Patreon, social media, or whatever, and you can follow us. But certainly on Patreon, you can support us. And we appreciate everybody who's already out there doing so on our Patreon site. So our guest today is Randy Searles. And Randy, you came a long damn way in here. So maybe we start there with where is it that you came from? Yeah, I flew in from Romania. Now, not very many people have come in from Romania to be on the Metro. I think it's the first one. It's got to be. Unless somebody didn't tell us. (laughs) I mean, this is like the straight up hookup, right? It was very cool that you traveled that far. I mean, I go all the way to see you. I came to see my family. Oh, well. Stop by. Jeez. They're probably listening. You have to say that, right? We'll edit that out. (laughs) What are you doing in Romania? Yeah. Living. Okay. It's a pretty good cost of living down there, and I'm I'm working remotely, so it's easy, and my girlfriend lives there, so all the above. Nice. Good reason. Yeah. What made you pick Romania? Have you been there before? She's she's Hungarian. She lives in Romania. Okay. It seemed like, and also, you know, for anybody, any retired vets that are making a retirement income of some sort, I mean, I guess that would include uh, anyone who didn't retire who gets a pretty good VA check. Um, If you want to live in Europe, it's pretty simple. Uh, I mean, I applied in Romania, no problem. Hey, this is how much I make per month. 30 days later, they give me a green card for a year after renew it every year. Um, I, I applied for a one year in France to be okay. 10 days. I, wow. I called the embassy. They bring this to the embassy. Hey, give me your passport. We'll call you in a week. Come pick up your passport. You have a year visa. Wow. So if you're interested in, I mean, you have to do the residency. You have to do that every year for six or seven years. Mm-hmm. And you have to learn the language in France. But uh, pretty much any country down in Europe is, uh, as long as you're making the above the minimum wage, which is about 1,200 euros, so maybe $1,500 or something, Wow, you're good. That's and, awesome. And a lot of them have digital nomad visas now too. So if you're making your money online somehow, like yeah. you got a podcast or, uh, or some kind of residual income, um, if you can prove it you know, with, through your tax records over a, a period of time, then uh, they, they, they don't, you don't even have to pay their taxes or do anything there. You just pay taxes in the States. You're not taking a job from within the country for one of the citizens. You're not eating up their insurance because you're on TRICARE, for instance, so you have your own insurance. And they, they live your life down there, and you have to renew it every year or six months, depending on the country. And Cool. Wow. Well, I had no idea. Now, as far as the TRICARE, how, how are you working that in with the insurance and stuff? I mean, you obviously had to notify them that you're over there. Do you have to have something special for you to be? So, so they have TRICARE overseas, which yeah. is you pay up front and re- get reimbursed. And I'll give you an example. I mean, it's, it's socialized. It's cheaper for people who aren't on the social system. But if you sign up for the visa, you, can, you get covered by the social system. In some countries, you don't, may not want to wait the wait times. But... Uh, uh, so I went to a private place because I didn't want to do the wait times, and I paid out of pocket for two sonograms and a ultrasound for my hernia and three specialists. I think it cost me $300 stops. Yeah, you know, it's so wow. funny that you say that because uh, people talk about socialized health care, and we don't want to get too darn far down this rabbit hole. But, <laughs> um, but it's, you know, traveling over to Europe and other countries who have it, the constant uh, discussion is around the wait times 
to go see just a basic physician for any you know problem or anything that you have. So what you end up doing is, of course, paying out of pocket so that you don't have to go through the regular health system, but yet you're paying for that out of your taxes. So for those who, you know, kind of think that that's the better way to go, you got to realize what that means, you know. And um, But also in America, if you don't have insurance, of course, we're now required to have some level of insurance. If you go to a physician, it's a hell of a lot cheaper. They'd rather, you know, you pay out of pocket than to go through the insurance company. There's some that cater to that here in the States. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I'll just say that even the private people I went to couldn't find the hernia, right? I, I was a medic. We'll get into that probably. I was an SF medic. And I knew when I did the kettlebell swing yeah. that I was like, oh, that sucks. And that's probably a hernia. And then I waited it out to make sure it wasn't a groin pull, but I still I couldn't feel it completely. And then I went to these specialists with their sonograms and ultrasounds, and they're like, nah, I think you just pulled it. I was like, it's been three months. I did not pull it. This is a hernia. Yeah. What's the next step? There's a next step. What's the next step to figure this out? And they're like, you're good. The next step is I went home to the VA, and the VA, because I live, I don't know how, what the distance from the, I don't know what the limit is, but because I lived outside their perimeter, they put me up with a contracted doctor in my area. I walked in as soon as I hit, the, uh, the day after I hit the ground, I walked in. He felt through my jeans, like, yep, yeah. that's a hernia. And he felt the other side. I was like, I think you might have one here. So when I'm in there fixing this one, I might go by that. Yeah. When can you see me? Two days. I mean, I, this is my positive VA story. I haven't had sure. a problem with the VA yet. And uh, I've had two surgeries from them. And they're all pretty quick and pretty professional done. And I was out and wow. recovered. So, but it, so I didn't. So I, you know. If you're going to have a hernia, don't go to Romania, I guess. Is yeah. Every country's different about wait times. You, yeah. know, you can get in their little sure. chat rooms with all the Americans that live there, and they say great things, and some people say bad things about depending on the country. But ultimately, you can always go home and get get this get to get it done here. Yeah, that's interesting. So you think the quality of care is a little bit, the expertise is a little bit lower. I think the problem is I, the problem is I don't have a primary caregiver, right? Okay. So I have to go to a specialist who doesn't know me. And he's like, I don't feel anything. And I didn't see anything, which to tell you, to give you the, to tell you the truth, when I went to my VA doc yeah. and I said, I have a hernia, he's like, I don't feel it. But the, the, the definitive test is a CT scan. So let's get you set up for that. And okay. that came up positive, right? They didn't even volunteer the CT scan. So the problem with social medicine, in my opinion, is there's a, there's a, there's a checklist and this right. is what you get. And if you don't meet that thing, not, don't listen to the patient necessarily. Right. I have a hernia. Well, what do you know? You're not a doctor. It's like, mm, am I? Right. <laughs> and, so, and so they kept sending me home, and I kept insisting that it was, and then I believed myself, and then I went home and got it checked out. And even the, okay. doc, the normal doctor couldn't feel it because he's not a specialist, right? So I, right. they had to send me to a CT scan, which was the definitive next step to figure it out because I told him I had these other things, and he, couldn't, he said, I'm not going to do that again. Let's do something different. Right. So anyway. That's interesting. Off on a tangent. Yeah. That's no, really it's, interesting. It's, I've, because I, I have no positive stories for the VA at this point in time. So, I had two you know? I had two surgeries. They both went off yeah. really well. In fact, I had them one after another. I said I had one. I recovered mm -hmm. after a month. Had the next one recovered. Then I went back to Romania. Really? What state was that in? Texas. Which that's that makes sense. Which I don't know if I don't. I, I Dallas. I'm gonna say yeah. Dallas Vet Center. Go yeah. go Dallas. Go yeah. Cowboys. Yeah, oh. they're they're not all created equal. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I hear that too. And, yeah. and also the fact that I didn't have to actually go to the VA. I don't, I don't know what the wait line right. is for there, right? Because they contracted it out. So and both of them were civilian doctors. Okay. Yeah, so. And that's state by state. You yeah. know, everywhere I've lived, it's been different. So it just kind of depends. So yeah. is that home, Texas? Yeah. So I was born in Houston. I don't uh, lie. Where about? 
uh, well, was it know. in Houston, like yeah, downtown? Memorial Hospital? Okay, no, I mean like I don't know, near what's? I have no idea. I, <laughs> I was born there. I never lived there. Oh, so okay. I don't know much about Texas except I'm from Texas. My parents live in Texas. I visit Texas frequently. I went to college in San Antonio for a year before I joined the army, which is probably the other story we're going to get into. And uh, so I call myself a Texan, which is good because there's a lot of benefits in Texas. But where, where, sure. where, where did you grow up then? All right. Let's get into it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, my dad worked for Ross Perot, uh, his computer okay. company, so Electronic was, Data Systems. It was still Texas. Was still, uh, yeah. I think he owned Texas at the time. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, Most uh, of it. and so I was born in Houston. My dad was born in Texas. My yeah. mother was born in Iowa. Uh, but they met at North North Texas State, mm-hmm. and uh, so I was born in Houston. I think we moved to Galveston a little bit, but then we went up to the uh, to the East Coast, the New Jersey, uh, New York, Connecticut. Um, we moved back to Texas for a couple months, and then I moved to Iran, and uh, in th- and when I was in third grade, we moved to Iran, and I went to school there for three years at an American school. Wow. And then we got um, evacuated during the revolution. I don't know if you know the Ross oh Perot story yeah. on oh. the Wings of Eagles. So, so that was were... on the Wings of Eagles was my, my dad's company. And the yeah. two managers that were down there got arrested because... Maybe the, share the story for those listeners who are not old enough to know what we're talking about. Revolution in 1979, 78, yes. 79. 79 yeah. is when the revolution, we got evacuated in December 78. Um, so the Khomeini came in, the Shah left. Shah was supported by the U.S. And then there was uh, a bunch of, I think, 52 hostages from the embassy were taken. Arco, Ar- Argo? Argo. Argo is Argo. the... Argo is the, yeah. the the movie about the the Americans that the Canadian ambassador hid, and then they got him out through a through a secret secret means. Um, but there's 52 prisoners uh, in the embassy that were held for 444 days, and then uh, uh, they had a failed attempt from a newly newly minted Delta Force yeah. Ranger combination. Desert, yeah. Desert Desert One, right? De- uh, f- Desert, like Desert One, Desert Eagle, which, like which by like the that. way, failed because there wasn't a 160th at that, that time frame, right, which right. created the 160th in the supporting element. And all the communication problems they yep. had. and They lot. couldn't tell anybody what they were going to do for the mission, so everybody just yeah. kind of, you know. Yeah, and there was the weather problems, too, I think. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, I mean, I, I, read the, I read a book about it. I read a book that of someone who was there, and he said that uh, they were sleeping, waiting for something to happen in the desert, and the, the, uh, the alarms went off. And so he hooked up and jumped out into the sand because he didn't. Yeah. He thought they were in the air. I forgot. But anyway, <laughs> but uh, so these two guys were were captured, but are taken taken into prison because the they were working. The company was working on a social security system for the Iranians at the time, and they said, "Hey, you didn't fulfill your contract." Blah blah blah, and they just arrested him and everyone else. Meanwhile, EDS was made up of majority ex-military, ex-Vietnam vets. And they saw the writing on the wall, and they're like, hey, we should have primary, alternate, secondary, you know, emergency, you know, pace plan to get to the airport. Everyone has to have one bag packed at all times for each one person in their family. You know, we have a, we'll have, we'll have call rosters, we'll have call, call pyramids, mm-hmm. you call me, everyone gets called, hey, hey, we're going to do a call at 4 o'clock in the morning, is everyone, you know, accounted for, all that stuff they were doing. And uh, when they arrested him, they called Ross and said, hey, uh, they arrested him. It was like, all right, initiate Delta 132, whatever it was called. Yeah. And everyone went to the airport. And, of course, everyone was trying to get out of the airport. And so there was no plane. Um, the way I understand the story, and I read the book, is Ross Perot rented or bought a plane, yeah. flew it in. 
Um, a lot of the, not a lot, but there's a couple of people who had adopted Iranian babies from the orphanage there, and they didn't have any paperwork on them. So we'd walk, they'd walk up to passport control, and one guy who spoke kind of half-assed Farsi would go, blah, 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 and people would smuggle babies under their coats past wow. them and get them on the plane, and then they flew them to Turkey, and then they flew them back to Texas. Holy smokes. Yeah. That's so, intense. So going back to your father and this story... My father wasn't not a prisoner. We were evacuated. This is the so I'm explaining the vaccination. Uh, the, vaccination. the evacuation. The evacuation. No vaccination. <laughs> yeah. I'm explaining the evacuation. Uh, so the two guys were held prisoner. Ross Perot. I don't know. It's not very clear if he actually mm. hired Bull Simons or he just said, "Hey, buddy, I need some help." But Bull Simons was involved. Um, who was you know Sante Raider, and um, he said, "I, I want to get my guys out. Uh, the government's not helping me." I'm going to get my guys out. So then he asked all the people who he had evacuated from Iran, these are your buddies, you know Iran, uh, who wants, whoever wants to be involved, you know, stay. And whoever doesn't, no hard feelings, leave. And so I think four guys stayed. And wow. there are a variety of MOSs. And uh, there's a mo they made a movie. They made a TV movie of this. It, starred, it had a big star in it. He played Bull Simons. And they have them, uh, they, they did rehearsals. They built a simulated jail because they had Iranians that used to work for the company that had pictures and would, would tell them what it looks like and things like that. And uh, they um, built simulations. They're, you know, these are old 30 something guys who haven't done anything but yeah. use computers. And then Bull Simons, who was what, 60 or something, whatever he was yeah. at the time. And so they're all trying to get over these. You know, put the ladder up, go faster, go. And there's in the in the TV show, he's got a guy on a stopwatch. He's like, that's not fast enough. Do it again. Yeah. You know, and so they did that. And then they uh, flew in with fake paperwork that you probably can't even do nowadays because of biometrics. But they had fake passports for as Canadian journalists, shoved like a million dollars in their cowboy boots, and yeah. went, got there, rented like the whatever the fifth floor of the Holiday Inn or the Hilton or whatever. And that was their operation center. And they, Ross Perot flew in undisguised yeah. with his ears. I don't know how he disguised it, but yeah. he flew in and visited them in the oh, prison shit. and said, hey, we're getting you out. Don't worry about it. Wow. And then he flew home. Those guys were about to implement the plan. And then the, uh, they switched them to a different prison, a more secure prison for political prisoners. So they said, oh, scratch that plan and let's start planning again. We're not giving up. And so they started yeah. planning it again. And then Khomeini, well, all the guards were working for the Shah. The Shah flew out. Mm -hmm. Everyone's like, mm, these are all the prisoners that are on Khomeini's side. So they all kind of like, are you going to be mad at us? So they just left the doors open and booked. Yeah. And the prisoners woke up the next day. The doors were open and they all walked out. And the two American prisoners, taxi, Hilton, please, yeah. and went there. You know, hey, here we are, and they're like, "Oh shit!" That's hilarious. And then they uh, they had an exfil plan overland, so they got some jeeps. They already had them all loaded up, and they exfilled through Turkey. Wow, that's like the best way to do an op. You, target just shows up, just shows up, knocks on the door, like, "Hey guys." Yeah. So that's uh, that's my version. There's a book. It probably tells you a better version. That's the way yeah. I remember. I haven't read the book in like 20 years. So how was your evacuation? That was pretty smooth, though. Yeah. So it was just get on a plane. Okay. I mean, get on the plane. Yeah. Right. Where did right. you guys go? Turkey. Went to Turkey. After. Oh, uh, Houston. And then uh, um, my, my dad got a job in, in the in UK. So I lived went to London for six months. And then he got a job in uh, 
the, the UK job was tentative and they were filling it out and it fell through. So then they got a job in the Netherlands. So I lived there for five years. All under Perot still. Yep. I went to high school or I went to middle school in the Amsterdam at an American school. And then I went to high school for, for two of those years in um, Den Haag. And then I went back to the UK and I graduated high school in the UK. And then and then I went to college, kind of. What, what was it like living abroad like that and going to school, you know, high school? and? So this plays a lot into the, my military career because I, I didn't really do any physical sports because there's not football. Yeah. I did rugby a well, little bit. Well, there is football, but it's... Well, I, so I played soccer. Yeah. I played a little bit of rugby, not much. Um, and uh, they had a baseball club that I, when I was little, I, I participated in, just get all the Americans and everyone divides up into teams and yeah. they play each other. But, uh, but uh, ultimately in high school, I did running. You know, I did, and I wasn't good, don't get me wrong, but I did it and I knew, learned how to run. So I ran track, long distance, like one and two K and, and uh, there was 4K, it was 4K for the varsity for the cross country. And that's what I did and I swam. So I ran and swam and, uh, and it, that, paid off when I joined the army because pretty much when any assessment you do, you have yeah. to have cardio and you have to run and swim. I mean, you don't have yep. to, you don't have to lift a lot of weights. You have to hold something on your back, but as a result, and as a result, I didn't get a lot of injuries, right? I wasn't playing football and, and, you know, throwing my arm out baseball or anything like that. That's, I really think that's a big part of my, why it lasted as long as I did in, the, in, in uh, swimming ops. is like really good for like elongating your muscles yeah. and yeah. So, so I was a runner. I was a runner. I call myself a runner and swimmer, but I wasn't, I was like in the, I wasn't very good. Yeah. Right. I mean, I was, I just did it all the time, but I wasn't, I wasn't like winning in races or anything. But when I, when you get, when you translate that into basic training, I was like You're a stud. Num number one or two. Right. And yeah. then when you translate it, that into, all the people in the gym trying to run at, you know, you know, the selection or rip, then I'm also in the top five or something like yeah. that. Right. Yeah. Well, just cause it's not the first time you've done it. Right. I think is a lot of yeah. advantage. So I, I really think that, I mean, whenever someone's like, Hey, I want to go SF or I want to be a ranger. I was like, run. Yeah. Just, if you can run, everything else is just sucking it up. Cause yeah. you, they're going to make you do pushups till you, till you can't do anymore. And that's, everyone's going to fail. You, you can't do any more pushups, yep. but if you can run, you'll have a better recovery time because you'll yeah. don't run too fast because you get there too soon. Then you get to do more push-ups. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Never run too fast. Everybody's like, I want to crush the five mile. I did my five mile in ranger school. You got to do 40 minutes. I did it at 39.50. Yeah. And everybody's like, you're not going to make it. And I'm watching the clock count down. I'm like, I got a couple more days of bullshit I got to do. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I really think the running and swimming really helped me get through the first 10 years of my career. Yeah. Yeah. Did you go to university over in the UK? I didn't. I went. I got a scholarship. I got an academic scholarship to go to Trinity University in San Antonio. Oh wow! From and, there. Yeah, and I, uh, and, it, and the only reason I took it is because they gave me a scholarship. Yeah. And uh, my uh, my dad paid for the difference. He was super generous, and gave me a living expense. So you know, I was definitely privileged, and uh, I threw it all away. I. I, I uh, had been away from the United States so long. I'll blame it on a couple of things. I'd never seen like real TVs, like cable and stuff. And I was like, oh, wow. Hogan's Heroes, what's this? And I was like, this is all. And I was like, this is cool. You know, and, and, uh, or, and I didn't learn how to drive. So I, I got over there and finally I got freedom with the car. And I was like, yeah. oh, I should learn how to, I should learn what's outside of San Antonio and come back at four o'clock in the morning and not study. Mm -hmm. So just a, a variety of things, nothing crazy like, you know, blackout drinking and stuff like that, that really got me, that really, it was just me not 
appreciating college. And to tell you the truth, I, 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 know, I never talked to a recruiter in high school. They didn't come to my private school in, in London, right? Oh, right. yeah. And so I never even, the only thing I knew was, you know, Commando, Rambo, you know, and also I felt like I'd had a pretty easy life. I had a middle, upper middle income, something like that, and, and I hadn't really been tested. And I wanted to test myself, and, uh, and watching all these crappy movies uh, made me think that that's way did, was a good way to test myself. And so um, I, 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 think I, I think, I can't remember correctly, I think I told my dad I was thinking about that. I don't know much about it, but I'm thinking about it. And he like, no, if you go to the Army, you want to be an officer because, and he, he, was, he was big blue collar, white collar back then, and I think that was a big thing in the 80s, right? Right. It's like if you don't get white collar, you won't be able to live into the lifestyle you're accustomed to. Right. And you'll have to struggle a lot to get to where I am, and I don't want that you to go through that. Mm-hmm. And so that was his convincing argument. And then you know he helped. He, I mean, he got the the college brochures, and he was excited about him. And I was like, eh, I don't really care, you know. And yeah. uh, he's like, Well, if you get a scholarship, I'll give you half of that in cash. I was like, Well, let's see, let's see. So I started <laughs> started doing the scholarships, and and you know. So, uh, so yeah, so I got Trinity gave me the biggest scholarship. So I went to Trinity, which wasn't a big sports university. It's like they, they only gave tennis scholarships. Okay. Um, and, uh, and so I went there, I made, I made some friends, uh, in that one year I went there and, um, one guy was even RTC and ended up being a doctor in, uh, in the army later on. And, uh, one of my friends, his brother was in the Marines, his Marine recon. Uh, or whatever yeah. they say. I don't even yeah. know what they say. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry, Marines out there. Yeah. I can't say it. Um, but uh, I say I think we say hua. Some of us do. Some of us do. Yeah. Um, but uh, but hoorah for them. Hoorah, maybe. Yeah. 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 But there he is. actually he went to the Q course, the oh. Charlie course at, from Re- Marine Recon because they, cool. they did some exchange thing, right? Yeah. And so he was telling me about that. And uh, but I, I you know I flunked out of college. I went to work for my uncle on a as a caterer on a riverboat or something up in Ohio, mm-hmm. up in Ohio. And, uh, so I made some money. Then I traveled around and visited all my college friends that were all over the United States that summer. And I went back and, um, he, my uncle was a Marine in the Vietnam. So I had all, he has all his boot, boot camp, uh, annuals and whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, it's kind of cool. So I, yeah. I didn't tell anyone I went to the Marine recruiter. I took the ASVAB yeah. scored very good. I think it scored like a one twenty six. Okay. And, uh, yeah. And uh, they said, well, you can do anything you want in the Marines. I was like, well, what is there? And, and then I was thinking about it. I hadn't committed. I went back, talked to my friends in college, yeah. and, the, and they said, you know what? The guy who became a doctor, he really knew it. He was an ROTC. He should probably join the Army because if whatever you – he's probably a Ranger because that's like a Marine. Every Marine is just like a Ranger. Sure. And, uh, just and the same. Just the same. Yeah. And uh, so join the Rangers because he was in, like, the Rangers and ROTC. Okay. So he, yeah. he knew something about the Rangers, more than I did, for yeah. sure. And they like to do the R, the Ranger Challenge. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he's the Ranger Challenge, yeah. Yep. And so I was like, so be, you should go volunteer to be a Ranger. And then if you don't like being a Ranger, mm-hmm. the Army has a lot of other jobs. And you can change yeah. to something else if that's if you want to stay in the Army. But the Marines, you're a Marine. And there's, yeah. there are some other jobs, but not a lot of them. Most of them are just Marines. <laughs> so... That's how it makes sense. So I went in, and uh, my parents weren't very happy, and I went to the recruiter, and they tried to sell me on, 
You can lay wire below the ground. They have someone digging something. Yeah. You can lay wire above the ground. Damn. You can yeah. lay wire. Those damn recruiters. And it's like a VCR tape, you know. <laughs> they show me always. they show me all these things and I was like, you know, I can I see the the ranger tape and it was the yeah. you know, it was the stripes like ah you know, and people <laughs> doing the obstacle courses like this this is what I want to do. And so he's like, sure, sign right here. And that was, it was before the bonuses. It was just like, yeah. I signed my body to be abused for the next four years. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I got the Ranger contract, and I went to basic. I did very well. I was undergrad. Um, went to Air- infantry. Yep. Okay. Bravo. And uh, I went to Airborne. I went to Old Rip. Yeah. Old Rip was bad. Uh, we learned, like we, I, I, I was just talking to. I heard one of your podcasts the other day where the guy was talking about where there was no, no learning there at all. It was yeah. just like, yeah, you, it, we're gonna do put, shut your dice. We're, we're gonna do, yeah, yeah, we're gonna do push-ups all day mm-hmm. in this gravel until someone quits, and then someone, you know, they, I don't probably the instructors like crunch, 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 crunch. Well, that's one. We need two more. You know, I don't yeah. know who knows what was going on yeah. behind our backs. And we did the obstacle course like four times a day and brutal. So, yeah, it was crazy. But anyway, I got can, through that third range of time. What year, what year was that? Uh, 88 is when 88? I got there. Yeah. Okay, so third bats only had only been around for four years right, at that point. Right, exactly. So it was mostly first and second for the NCOs were mostly yeah. first and second, but uh, NCOs. Yikes. Black yeah. boots, black yeah. beret. Oh, yeah, shine. Well, o, uh, OG, OG 107s? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sp- wow. S- uh, starched. Yeah, spits and starches. And they starched them for us. We just had to turn them in oh. on the... the because they're like like, like the cooks, we were required to have starch, and so they got it. They got okay. the military to say, "Okay, we can turn them in," and they start some for us. Wow, well, that's not too bad. Yeah, but you had to shine your own boots. Yeah. I sucked at that so bad. Yeah. I'm so glad when we got rid of those. I was yeah. too. That was actually like one of the tipping points for me. I'm like <laughs> all my pros and cons. I'm talking about to my buddies, and I was like pretty much sold. I was like, "Bam!" But. I don't want to shine boots all the time. It just, I, <laughs> it was a mental block. And they're like, oh, no, we, we've got rough out suede now. Yeah. Yeah. Desert said, Storm. What? And like, yeah, you don't shine your boots. You can't. It's not even possible. <laughs> I'm like, well, shit. Desert honey. Storm James. They didn't tell you had to brush them every now and then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. I, I was, uh, I thought, I, I remember uh, hearing, um, I think it was Brandy, when she got, went to base training, she thought she made a mistake. Well, when I got to the, the center before they put you in basic when uh, here ben, I went to yeah. Benning, right? Harmony That's, church. Uh, well, or no, it was, I did uh, go to harmony church, but you had to go uh, to like a, the reception. A, 30th rec- AG. Yeah. yeah 30th we AG. sit there 30th wait for AG. the next one to start or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they gave, I got my boots and I put them on. I never wore boots in my life. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I feel claustrophobic. I don't know if I could do this. Wow. I was like the boot. I was like, what am I supposed to, I can, I have to run and I have to walk in these boots. Oh my gosh, this guy, I'm going to get so many blisters. It's going to suck so bad. And I got over that, I guess. That is funny. So you made it through RIP, and you got third bat, and what company were Alpha, you in? Alpha, Alpha. Okay. Really? Yeah. Nice. So, Which platoon? Uh, third. Third? Okay. Yeah. I worked with those guys. I don't know if any, an old timer, I think he retired in, uh, as a CSM in 2012, but Peter, Pete Rothke was, oh. was my squad leader. You know okay. J.B. Spiso? I don't. Oh, okay. I thought you might know him. No, Pete Rothke... Um, I got a, a guy named, uh, I don't know, do we? Spiso was there when I was there. I was I left Benning in 86, and I only know Spiso not from uh, Battalion, but from going to college at night. Yeah. Don Fox and I would go to school at night, and I remember, JB, you're going to probably be listening to this thing, and I don't know if <laughs> I told you this story, but we would always talk about how wound up he was. He was in, in class and everything. We were, like, all mellow and stuff, and he's all intense. And it was just hilarious because I got that phone call from Don when he got on the show, and he's like, 
you don't remember Speedsaw Man being on the show? I mean, on, on in uh, college and everything? I'm like, no, oh, man, it was just too damn long ago, you know? Not to mention it was just go to um, Troy there at uh, yeah. Fort Benny, you know, at night and everything. And he's like, oh, man, he was the dude we used to talk about all the time about how wound up he was. We were just trying to be chill and, you know, the whole thing. But at any rate, uh, I'm, I'm going down a rabbit hole here and taking us down a different path. <laughs> yeah. um, give me flashbacks of that time period. And it's funny because I actually joined the Army during the um, hostage crisis. And so I was in BASIC and OSIT uh, when that was going on. And so your story is like right after my timeline. Right. I'm, a, I'm ahead of you a little bit. Um, but it, it's just kind of interesting to this point. So you're there at Fort Benning and uh, Love and Life, obviously. Um, I, I didn't have any much. I mean, Rip was brutal. And then uh, battalions like Eternal Rip. Yeah. I mean, especially for the privates. I mean, you know, there's no break. And then depends on your, it depends on your squad leader and your platoon sergeant. You know, they can make it harder or, or easier. But it, it, it's pretty much a constant rip. It just matters, you know, what day a rip it is because... Yeah. You know, no one, there's no slack and you're always running a hundred percent and you're, you're running wherever you're going and you're, you know, if they're, if you don't got nothing to do, well, the specialists yeah. will find something for you yeah. to do. Yeah, you and you mean that literally, you're literally everywhere you go when you're private, you're running period. And if you're relaxing, then, and someone sees you, you're doing pushups. Yep. You know? yep. Oh yeah. I, I remember just coming over there and, um, like you're talking about, I'd see people running, but if a sergeant ever called somebody over, yeah. It was automatically inclined yeah. before a conversation happened, or it was a one-way communication at that point. Yeah, uh, conversations yeah. usually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the yeah. but the the team leaders and squad leaders are just I mean smokers, drinkers, and yeah. performers. Yeah, which is crazy. I I still don't know how they did it because I never got to that level where I could drink drink all drink all night, fall asleep drunk, wake up mm -hmm. on time. Yeah, smoke a cigarette before PT run the crap out of everybody and smoke them and then maybe smoking afterwards like why are you guys tired yeah, yeah. Okay. well most of your senior ncos at that time frame probably six and seven were uh they jumped in panama oh i jumped in panama oh you did yeah well, i mean I, was, I got there in 88 that's right yeah. 88 yeah okay so i did a, i did a. so i got there and immediately we started training up for jotc i'm sorry i said 88 i didn't get there until binning i'm totally off here i didn't get to binning until 90 ah so, yeah, you got there right before I did. So you were there, and you left in 91, you said, right? Yeah, I left in 91 when I went to the Q course. Oh, uh, okay. We're going to have to talk more about it. Keep going. All right. So I get there in 88, uh, and it was, it, this is old 3rd Battalion area where Ranger School is now. Right. Yes. Right. right. Where yeah. no one can hear you scream. Yeah. So your squad leader takes you out whatever time he feels like it, whenever he yeah. comes back drunk. Instant like, compound. Yeah. And, yeah. and you, you, you wade through the sewage tunnel under the road, and then you yeah. start rolling the... We made the worm pit because it wasn't a worm pit until oh, wow. we made it. We ma no, we made it with our bodies. And then, okay. and then like, nothing grows here again, so we're going to make this the worm pit for ranger school. That's yeah. probably what happened. Wow. Um, but, uh, yeah, so if you had a ruthless squad leader, yeah. then your life was pretty miserable. And yeah. I didn't have a car. And I didn't bring any, I mean, I had the civilian clothes on my back. I you didn't need them, right. though, because, I mean, you guys wore black uh, PT shorts and black shirts all the damn time But when I got there. But um, but but we were out by Harmony. Yeah, there's no, there's one, there was one bus that came one, like twice a day yeah. on the weekdays or something like that. If you didn't have a car and you didn't know anybody or, or no, no one was going to drive you around, you stuck there with all the NCOs that yeah. decided not to leave that day. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I got really strong. 
And, uh, you know, I just ate mess hall food and I went out on the bus one on a weekend once in a while. And that was my life for a long time, for three, four months. But we were only in the compound. We moved to the other compound within probably eight months. Okay. Yeah. So, right, and then, then you could But be, you thought that was nice, though, the new one that you went to? Because I could <laughs> actually go to a movie and get, yeah, um, yeah. you know, and then I ended up getting a car soon after that. But, yeah, it was, it was tough. When did you end up going to ranger school? So I went to ranger school in 89, right okay. before Panama. Okay. Uh, and th- so I don't know what your experience was. You know, you had to get to ranger school to get it. I came in as a yes. PFC because I had college. Okay. And so I, I was a PFC for two years, and yeah. other people were getting promoted to PFC. Mm-hmm. Um, and then other, and then usually it's first come first serve if you're yeah. if you're fit, right? Yes. But things, but 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 the, but they would make exceptions for people who were just exceptionally gifted in right. the physical area. And there's right. you know there's there's always that one guy that you know, ran track in school and he won like state, yeah. you know, and stuff like that. And then and and things like that would happen. And I I, I was silent for a while, and then I was like, hey, what the hell? And he's like, well, um, you're going to go. I was like, no, why? Why is he first? He came like yeah. a year after me. Well, he runs really fast. Like, I, I have a 300 PT test. Yeah. I exceed the standards. What do you, why, why, are you, yeah. why are you bumping me? So it took me two years, and a lot of guys went before me. I was kind of pissed about it. So and then I get to ranger school. I got recycled twice. I got recycled okay. in the mountains and desert, and so in Utah. And, uh, and then I finally get through after, and I got stuck in a cycle break. So, you know, I was okay, there so for extra long ever. Yeah. And I get out and uh, finally, and I, in fact, I graduated in Utah because they did, the plane didn't, the plane broke down. So that oh. was, I think we were the only people, when you pull up the photo online, yeah. it's in Utah. There's no guests or anything. It's just us. Wow. Okay. And, and, uh, and uh, we, we, I get back and we do the EIB. Mm-hmm. And I already had my EIB because every private gets an EIB. Yep. And now I'm an EIB instructor all of a sudden. Yeah. And uh, lo and behold, some of the ranger, uh, the ranger instructors that were my part, maybe a, a partly responsible for recycling me right. had to get their EIB. And oh, man. <laughs> and so they're like, <laughs> the tables have turned. ranger school is on, thir- is on Fort Benning and yep. third battalion's running an EIB. Well, we'll just go over there. Yeah. I had like... I had the IMT lane Ooh, which nice. with the God gun, right? Yeah. So they're like, they're like, you know, they're move, we're moving it and they're, they're almost there. I'm like, nee. oh man. Oh, bummer. <laughs> I have to do that one again. <laughs> <laughs> so it was fun. I, I did pass them. I'm not that mean, but, yeah. but uh, I got to, I had some Made fun work with for it. And they, they they would recognize me too. It's like, I, you look familiar. Did I just pass you in ranger school? It's like, no, as a matter of oh, fact, you man. didn't. That is hilarious. <laughs> 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 yep. go back. It's a small world. It's a so, real small world. So we do EIB, and, and then uh, straight after that is Panama. You know, we get alerted. Yeah. alerted. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's so long ago now. God, I can't believe it's so far, so, so long ago. Um, but uh, we get alerted, and someone's got a keg in the hallway. And yeah. they're calling everyone in, and uh, we, I think we had three days to prep and plan and everything. Here's a funny story. I, I was just a stupid kid. I may have been to college, and they held me. The whole freaking platoon held it against me because they didn't yeah. have college. They're like, "Oh, college boy, you're so smart." It was like, yeah. obviously not, because I'm here. Yeah, you were there for a year, <laughs> and right. you're like, "That's the, right." Yeah. And I flunked out, so it's just like you went. <laughs> so, but uh, but I push ups a lot for that, and then and and really I did it as much as I traveled around the world. I never went to South America, and I mm-hmm. didn't really learn outside my what I was supposed to learn. Your bubble, yeah. right? So, did I know where Panama was? No. Yeah, okay. uh, and when they were briefing the 
plan when my squad leader and everyone was briefing the plan uh, on the terrain model, and we all went to the, you know squad, one squad at a time went in there and briefing what your plan is. May have been a little racist, um, but they're like, okay, yeah. the, the LBGs are here, here, and here, here, and I thought the LBGs were the bad guys. Yeah. The, well, I, I didn't figure this out till like a year later. It was little brown guys. I, I, but I, 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 but I had, I thought that was the name of like the FARC. I thought it was the yeah, FARC. I thought, I thought that it was, was an acronym. I thought it was an acronym for the bad guys. Yeah. And so I was just like, okay, LBG, so, you know. Yeah. So then, uh, then um, uh, my platoon, I'm a, I'm a, a PFC with a tab, mm-hmm. uh, and or I think I, I hadn't been promoted yet. And uh, the platoon sergeant wanted me as his driver because I was ranger tabbed. Okay. And, and so he pulled me out of my squad against my squad leader's uh, wishes and uh, said, you're my driver. And, I, and we practiced on stuff before sure. and done this, but I'd never been, uh, I'd never been a driver before, mainly because I can't drive a stick. Uh, and all the Jeeps gotcha. back then were sticks, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, well, I don't know if I'm the smartest choice. Shut up and drive. I was like, roger that. So I barely get it. Into fr- he didn't see it. I barely yeah. got it in front of in the parking place for the start of the exercise. Yeah, and I'm like, it's not gonna go well. And so he gets in. He's like, all right, let's go. He's like, what are you doing? He's like, I, I really, I can't drive a, gee, I can't drive a stick. He's like, what the hell? He's like, you get over here. You're yeah. jumping. Get on that. Get on that stick. <laughs> wow. And that's the only reason I jumped. Wow. Otherwise, I would have drove in. Drove in. Holy smokes, that's kind of lucky. Well, and depending then, on how you look at it, yeah, because then I jumped and I hit a flagpole and it broke my leg. So, okay. lucky. <laughs> yeah, and I was like the last yeah. one out of the bird. I hit, broke my leg. I had to crawl for a mile. Holy shit! And uh, and then finally I got to the, got to the the somewhere someone could find me, and then they evacuated yeah. me that night. And I was in San Antonio that night. Wow. Uh, there was a similar wow. guy that I knew over there, and I cannot remember his name. And I think I even shared this on the podcast, but it was somebody that I work with a lot within the compound. He was an E6, and he ended up being the retention NCO over there. Um, I want to say he was Charlie Company, though. But anyway, he broke his hip. Mm. On He landed on the airfield. Yeah. Broke his uh, hip and everything. And, uh, and he hated his Purple Heart, despised it, everything, because he felt like... You know, he didn't even get a chance to fire his weapon, you know, and so I, it was all a bad scene for him. I did fire, but I don't know if I hit anything because they were firing yeah. at me because I had to cross the airfield. So I was wow. and I had a saw because that's fun. Yeah. And then so I buried my ruck when I, I didn't realize I broke my leg. I hit the flagpole. I hit the ground. I, I was I was stoked and I was, yeah. and I was something hurt. I stood up with my backpack and I was limping. It, I had a I had a tib fib fracture, but it wasn't bad okay. yet. And yeah. then I stepped over a I stepped over a God, like this a, a is already sounding painful. Yeah, I stepped over a, like a little ditch. Yeah, and, and my leg gave out. <laughs> and I so I was like, oh, that's like a work. So I buried the ruck, and I had yeah. to keep I had to keep the saw. It was the only thing I had. Of course. So, chunk. Yeah. Kachunk, crawl, 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 crawl. Kachunk, yeah. crawl, crawl, crawl. And that was my my method to get. And then I got to the airfield. Just as the sun was coming up, and then I was like, ka-chunk, 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 ka-chunk. and then someone started shooting at me, and so I started rolling, and I got the other side, and I shot some rounds. He stopped firing at me, and yeah. then I chunked on. Oh my God, man. So, okay. That's freaking awesome yeah. to hear about. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to go do it, but it sounds cool to hear about. So, I, I've got a question because uh, he made a comment, and I've not been able to verify this yet. 82nd do a Hollywood jump? I don't know. Because okay. I, I was. 
probably gone by the time I landed. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. they might have landed after, but after I got into the TMC. Well, area. from what I understand, the, when the objective was secured, that's when the 82nd jumped in. They jumped, did not anybody that was listening. That's 82nd. That was a part of that whole thing. I'm just telling you what I was told. This is a, you know, somebody that shared yeah. the story with me, but I've not been able to validate. That, that. doesn't make sense. I actually, unfortunately, my friend passed away, but he, I never asked him. He jumped in the 82nd. He had a jump start, same jump yeah. I did a couple hours later, I guess. Um, but I never asked him. Didn't matter. They jumped out thinking they're going to get shot at. Same, same, yeah, same, yeah, same, yeah, same yeah. mentality. Um, then I get to the. They give me. I finally get to a med shed with some help, and uh, they're busy with people who are actually shot. And they give me a. I just LNU splint myself, and then they let me sit there until a plane it takes me back to San Antonio. Wow. And then, uh, yeah. How long did it take before you were out of San Antonio and? Back at Benning. So I was in San Antonio for, I think, a week. And uh, uh, and they tried to, they wanted to, this is the first thing that's happened in like eight years. So yeah. they were trying to pony it up. So someone thought it was a bright idea to take us to clothing and sales and get us put in Class A's. But they didn't, yeah. but the San Antonio Class A's didn't have any of our badges, you know? And it was just stupid, and 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 so this the the PAO or whoever was in charge of us was like everyone you know gets fitted for the, so we can you can go back and you can reach out. And I was like, I think this is a really stupid idea. I think we should just get BDUs. And yeah. she's like, really? I was like, I mean, what's the point? We don't have berets. We don't have any of our yeah. badges. We're just gonna look like little green men. It's stupid. Yeah. And they're like, she called somebody, and we got BDUs. So. Nice. And then we flew back. They flew me back. I was the only one on the plane. They flew me because I was the only one going. I think I was the only third back guy. Yeah. At that point, because I mean, I it was just once they put me in plaster, I was good to go. Everyone else who had probably had some follow up after getting if they yeah. got shot and stuff. And uh, so I was the only. They had. Uh, I don't even know what the name of Fort Benning's hospital is anymore. Uh, Martin, Martin Army. Army. Yeah, Martin yeah. Army. So <clears throat> they had taken like a whole floor, a whole ward, and said, wow. this is for all our war injuries. And it was just me. <laughs> That's freaking awesome. <laughs> I had like 24. <laughs> I had, like, they they re rearranged everyone's shifts. Yeah. And so there's always like three nurses like, are you good? And you want some water? Can I get just that? <laughs> Can I go down and buy some food? Da, 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 da. Yeah. And then, That's um, awesome. then some dude, uh, well, some, uh, the XO who didn't get to jump, I guess, or yeah. didn't get to go. He's, he brought in the press, the press want to talk to you. Do you want to talk to them? I was like, I don't know. Do I? Yeah. Like, he's like, well, you can. I was like, should I? I was like, I don't know. I was like, yeah. all right, sure. So I told the story and then they printed it in the, whatever the local Star newspaper. Oh God. Yeah. Uh, Columbus Ledger Inquirer. Whatever it was. Yeah. yeah. Inquirer sounds good because, <laughs> because all the data was wrong. Squad right. leader led an army of men, uh, you know, they assaulted. And I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> did you catch some blowback for that one? Uh, yeah, the boys? I, yeah, I got harassed big time for sure. it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at least you owned up to it on the podcast. So somebody, <laughs> that's right. They'll call you out if right. you're wrong. Yeah. You're, and then I, uh, yeah, and then I also, and then I got, went, and then I got shipped home. First Sergeant, first Sergeant Madison's wife, uh, Joe Madison was our first sergeant when they went in there, and his wife was—I don't know if she's a nurse or—but I think she was a nurse. But anyway, she's she was calling me, taking care. Of, she's, and I got a free flight from somewhere. I don't know why. Someone yeah. someone paid for a flight for me to go home, and so my plaster was good. So I flew home, and uh, she's—I I called she invited me to dinner. I don't know how. I think she's going to pick me up, but I could hear. I called her and I could hear the food cooking in the background. I felt really bad. I was like, hey, I got to fly home. Gonna, oh, no, no problem. So I flew home and I stayed home for about a month. Wow. And uh, then I, then I uh, came back and started training for the Q course. Okay. And Wait, so <clears throat> when you 
when you before you went to Panama, you were thinking Q at that point, or no, I wasn't. Um, okay, so what? How did that come about? Where you started thinking about SF? So, I don't, I don't know the exact moment. I know what it was. Yeah, I know, I know what it was. A briefing. We went, we went to Puerto Rico. Mm. Uh, after after came back from Panama, I went to Puerto Rico, and one of my good friends was a half Italian, half American ranger who spoke horrible English. But he he was a he every day he would go the go to the uh, library yeah. and study English you know with tapes and stuff like that and wow. you know he ended up going to Q course too and but he had served his time in the Italian army first in the Italian airborne and then because oh, cool. he had an Italian oh, he had like cool. an Italian mother and an American yeah, father so right. he, they lived in Italy so he had to serve his time there for two years and then he decided to join the American army and he got a ranger contract so uh, his English was so bad. And uh, he'll probably kill me. I'm going to tell his story. So we were doing little bird missions. Yeah. And uh, I, think, I, think we were, I think he was in actually in the Blackhawk. And, you know, we all rope in, right? Yep. Good thing we did because he fell out. And he was like. Oh, he's hanging. He's hanging from his rope from that his he hooked in. each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> it, was That's the, it was the funniest thing. I never, seen any, I never saw anyone do it. Terrifying for him. Yeah. But well, it's just like, hanging. So for, if you don't know, you have like a D-ring like you'd use for climbing or whatever. Yeah. And then you've got your nylon tether and it'll hold like 1500 pounds or something. And you clip it onto your belt Yep. and then you clip <laughs> the other end to the aircraft. And we didn't have cool belts like we did now. We just had it like, went, just went around the webbing. <laughs> no, we, we, we did it with, we had to tie a, um, uh, whatever. Uh, oh, you do a, a sling? Yeah, we a did. Swiss we, seat? We, yeah, we just either Swiss seat or it was just around his waist. I don't know. I don't okay. remember which. But yeah, yeah we didn't do was it. Was it rope or webbing? It was rope. It was okay. it was our sling ropes. So he, he was oh. he, we tied whatever into a sling rope and he was yeah. snap and then it was a it was the end was snap looked in. So he oh was my gosh. he had a little bit more safety than just that. Yeah. But it wasn't a it wasn't a Swiss seat or anything. Yikes. But yeah, anyway. so basically just a lube around your waist. Yeah. So at least uh, it was a rope and not a belt they, those are held together with velcro and a buckle now and yeah, you got the d-ring and i've repelled off of that and it's you can do it i don't know wouldn't recommend it it's not it seems uncomfortable though hanging from a bird like that so we went to puerto rico on a mission uh, a training mission and uh him and i we were like you know we were just kind of what's next you know you know is this is this it well the reality of rangers as you know is yeah. it's very pyramid Yes. You know, there's only so many E5 slots. There's only so many E6 slots. There's yep. only so many E7 slots. So you can only advance. Some not everyone can be a team sergeant yeah. or a, a platoon sergeant in the Rangers. Yep. Not everyone can be a squad leader, especially if they're importing them. You know. Yeah. So at some point, you most people have to move on. The lucky ones that want to stay don't, and yeah. if they want to stay, they prove it. Yeah. Um, but any your your average Ranger who hasn't proved it, hasn't won best ranger five times and hasn't, yeah. you know, performed way above everyone else, is going to have to move on eventually. And if he doesn't do something JSOC or group, yeah. he's going to go into the regular army, which is the worst fear of every ranger. Yeah, unjustifiably, but... Right. Uh, but, I mean, I don't know. I've never been there, but yeah. I hear their stories. No. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, some of my best friends are, are regular army guys. Yeah, mine too. <laughs> I got your back, Rob. <laughs> Thanks, so, guys. <laughs> I, I, I just don't know anything else. That's my problem. So it's not. It, but it, but in the Rangers, it, it's the threat, right? It's, stigma, it's, it's, it's the, the stigma. It's the yeah. threat. It's like if you don't do if you if you get in trouble, you're going to go over there. <laughs> I don't know what over there is. But yeah. I, if they're going to threaten bad. me to it, it sounds bad. So it's, and it was like join the one ninety seventh, three cents short is what we used to call it. One ninety seventh okay. over there on uh, Kelly Hill. Yep. So and became. Um, Third Brigade, um, golly, my mind, why am I, um, 
Oh, the guys out of Fort Stewart, uh, 24th ID. It became oh, okay. 3rd Brigade, 24th ID. Now I think it's something else, and I don't know what it is. Anyway, go ahead. Because well, they're not there anymore. Yeah. They're not at Benning. I don't know your experience in the Rangers. My experience was after the four years, if a Ranger yeah. came in for four years, he made a decision. And yeah. most of the time the decision wasn't to stay in the Rangers because that wasn't his choice. Mm -hmm. It was either you go to the next level, which you, it was either SF or JSOC, or you got out, right? or you got thrown out. And those right. are like your, and those are like your three choices. And the thrown outs were already decided. The people that were gonna, the few people that were going to stay, the the because I was a E five by then, right? Um, and so me and him, or him and I, whichever, uh, we decided that we were going to be Green Berets. Yeah. And I got to tell you, didn't know what a Green Beret was. Never read the book. Never saw the movie. Uh, never heard yeah. the song. And uh, and I I just read a pamphlet. And I and I okay. and I and I said this sounds cool. And um, and I get to learn a language, and I can be like uh, uh, a medic. So my, so my dad always said, when I decided to join the army, when I took the ASVAB, mm -hmm. he said, when you go to the, when you go in there and decide what MOS you want, choose something you can use in the outside world. Right. Because he he went in he, during Vietnam, he he was a uh, he was a generator repairman, and he okay. he just knew all kinds of about all he knows still knows all that kind of stuff that yeah. I don't you know I don't know anything about. And then he went into computers after that, so it all p played out. And he eventually, I mean, before he worked for Ross Bro, he worked for NASA. He was there. Oh, he was working for NASA when they landed on the Houston. moon. Houston, yeah. yeah, wow. So he's uh, so he's he's a gizmo guy, and uh, so I went in there and said I want to be an Airborne Ranger. And they're yeah. like, okay, sign here. I was like, wait, wait, wait. Dad said something. Oh, some, <laughs> something I, I have to deal to use in that resort. Do they have engineer re airborne rangers? I'm like, no. I was like, all right, I'll be an airborne ranger. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah. so when I went to SF, I had these other options, right? I could right. be a medic. I could be. So I was like, well, I, I could be a medic. Then I could be a paramedic when I decided to get out. Sure. So that's what I that's what I decided to do. And that's so uh, Pierre, because mm -hmm. that's. An Italian name, yes. Uh, Pierre and I, we just started training like, like we just train like, we just train like animals. And, right. and really, if you're in the Rangers, you're already training like an animal. Yes. So there wasn't a whole lot of things to do. But in our free time, we would climb ropes with just our right. arms, and we would, you know, hey, I don't know what to expect because there was a lot less um, G two. Yeah, yes. now right. And so back then, I mean, you knew there was the long walk, but you know, no one knew how long it was. I yeah. was like. I don't know. There seems to be like a time cutoff. I, they can't make us walk more than 50 miles. So let's just walk 50 miles. So we yeah. just to put a, you know, 60 pound ruck and walk 50 miles one, one weekend. Yeah. And I was like, I walked the 50 miles and I feel okay. So I think I'm good. Yeah. And, and I never, and then, and I never doubted it because I never walked 50 miles again. Right. Uh, so um, now this, this is 91. This is, uh, I went to SFES in 91. So this is 90. So this is, I just, by February, uh, they cleared me to start doing PT. Yeah. So I started doing PT. We went to Puerto Rico that summer, and then maybe maybe July, August is when for like six months that I, with my intent was there. And also, as soon as I outed myself right. as an SF guy, yeah, they made me the NBC guy for the oh, company. Nice. Oh, nice! They loved you. And they that said, was my next question: Is how was that received? No, nah, it wasn't received very well at all. And then they all caveat it with you can train you'll have more time to train and i was yeah, like yeah of course yeah, thanks so they sent me to nbc school i'm the honor grad at nbc school i come back yeah. um and then i i uh, but that means nothing because i'm not yeah. really a 54 bravo whatever it is right. I'm, I'm a guy with a certificate yeah. and 
just bad shit would happen all around me all the time because I didn't know what I was doing. And uh, I'd just go down there and, I, hey, all this equipment needs to be inspected with these dash tens and all that stuff. I was like, yeah. oh, all right, I'll just read a book and, okay, inspected, inspected. I checked off. I made everything look nice and I, yeah. did, I, did, the, I did the checklist. But someone brought something down and they said, hey, what's this? It was the CS pellets. Oh, but I'd never seen them as pellets. Right. And so I was like, I don't know, let's open it. <laughs> I had these big, huge industrial oh, fans and I was in the basement. And, oh, no, and the you fucking didn't. shit blows through the whole company. And they're <laughs> Holy like, Holy ah. shit, that's awesome. And I was just like, The good uh, news is you have masks as well, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, I don't know where that came from. So first, I was like, What's going on? It's like, mm. Wow, that's amazing. So, where, where you went to sign up is exactly at that time frame. I was at Fort Benning. I had just arrived. Actually, I was an in service recruiter. Um, and now they do that a lot for like uh, soft and you know whether you're going to SF or you're going to psyops or anything like that. And but the SF recruiters were were different. They were part of USAREC at that time frame, United States Army Recruiting Command. And um, so they wore the green berets. They had the jump wings, but they hadn't gone to SFAS or done anything right, like that. Right. And that's who you went and saw. And they, they were my buddies right next door to oh. me. We were good friends and stuff and hooked up. So I. When you went in there, I was going to ask you, so what did they, um, so that you've seen the placard that I've got that's up in my office yes. and everything. That's where that came from. Where, what was it that they, they just kind of showed you films, basically, right, and gave you pamphlets and uh, just said, this is your date? I'm just, I was just looking for my next, you know, we'll get into what I'm doing now at, at the end, but, but this is kind of where I wanted to, when I got out, I was like, you know, I was so ill-prepared for everything. I was so well. They weren't prepared. That's my whole point too. They didn't. They couldn't prepare you because they didn't. Really, right. This was all new for them. I mean, you were ill prepared for SF. I was. I mean, I was a ranger. So how can, yeah. how ill prepared can you be? I could do land nav. I could right. run. I was strong. I could climb ropes. That's pretty much. If if you can do those four things, right, you're pretty much going to graduate SFAS. Yeah, but the as long as, as long as they get along with you, the right. failure rate of rangers at SFAS was extremely high, 91, 92 time frame. Really? Mm -hmm. And it, and I think it had a lot more to do with struggling with the team event, you know, team area and stuff. But there were a lot of rangers that got sent home because they couldn't put up with like it? weakness. I yes. mean, I, I had to, I had to bite right? my tongue, you know, because the guy that quits when you're carrying whatever, and then he's like, oh, I'm sorry. He, he drops out, and it's his turn to freaking carry. And yeah. then you're carrying his load, and he's like, and then they say, do you want to quit? He's like, no. And he tries to hold it again, but then he yeah. falls out again, and you're just like, I just want to punch him. Right. You're going to be okay, dude. I mean, that's what yeah. I was told by those SF recruiters, is that although they were recruiting on Benning, they had better luck with 197. And, and yeah. the conventional army going to SFAS than they did the Rangers because you guys were very high and tight, spit shine. There's no nice Rangers and NCOs. No, there's no, there's no like, you can make it, buddy. You yeah. got it. There, yeah. no, there's none of that in the Rangers. Well, it's like, pick up your shit yeah. and catch up to that guy. We don't have to tolerate it in the Rangers because yeah. you're like, well, you can't hack it. You're out. But you did, it could be you're that out, fast. You're going to go to the 197, which have a higher pass rate in Q course. So this is, I'm, I'm helping you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so so how was that then? Well, okay. So fast forward, you get to SFAS. So I go to SFS and I, you know, I pretty much smoke it. And at, at the end of no, it. No challenges for you with, you know, your macho ranger. I, I'm not a macho guy. Tight. I'm not a macho guy. Yeah. But I did. People were pissing me off because they, they just quit already. And they yeah. up, all those guys ended up quitting anyway, but they just made us suffer the whole time. And and uh, so that was my biggest issue going through there. But I but I bit my tongue and and we was we were fine. 
um, the, the, uh, that was not a problem. And after, at the end of it, when we graduated, when we all, pa- the, well, those of us who passed, the guy, people would come up to me and was like, Hey man, I knew if I could just keep up with you, I'd make it. And I mean, like five guys came up with, and I, I mean, they were all behind me. So I didn't know they were trying to do that, but I was <laughs> like, Oh, okay. I was just running as fast as I could. And they're yeah. like, if I could see you around that corner. And so that, I mean, I went and I got the medic because there's never enough medics. So right. I launched the San Antonio. I fail, uh, pharmacology. Uh, and, uh, I go before a board. I've been there for nine months and wow. I, and I fail pharmacology and they're like, uh, they, they had civilians, uh, Wait, of, you, you've been in the medical portion nine months, nine months. Okay. Yeah. At this point. Okay. Yeah. I, I got there in February and it was like, I, well, maybe was, I, I'd been in, I, I stayed there a lot longer than I was actually in the course. Cause they didn't know what to do with me after I failed the course. I had to stand by and wait for something to open up and brag because they reclassify you. Because they think if you're a medic, you're smart enough to be a Bravo or whatever. Right. So, um, so I, I think I probably lasted six months, and and I failed pharmacology, and uh, and I consider myself pretty smart, and I was like, well, you know, but yeah. Anyway, I'm not gonna. So I get to I go to this board, and there's um, there's a there's a couple civilians. There's an S or a non SF uh, colonel. Who's the nurse in charge of this thing? And then there's also, I think, uh, an SF colonel or lieutenant colonel or something over there too. And they're they, you know, they hear me, they hear my plea, whatever it is. You know, why did yeah. you fail it? And I was like, oh, it's really hard. There's a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but everyone else is getting yeah. recycled up to that point. There's a lot of hands-on stuff that we were doing before that. And they're like, well, you're just not smart enough to be a, a medic because you failed an academic portion. Like the hands-on stuff, we can retrain that. That's why all these right. other guys got recycled. But we're not going to recycle you because you just don't think you're smart enough. Wow. Like, wow. Wow. What a blow. Right. I was like, and so, I, I mean, really, everybody up to this point had been recycled. Except yeah. I, I just didn't say the right things or, or maybe that's why they, they, it was the test. So they, I went to the first sergeant. He's like, Hey, uh, I'd really like, I, he said, well, what are we going to do with you? And I was like, well, I'd really like to be, I'm really good at math and I'd like to be an engineer. Yeah. And uh, he's like, Ranger, you're going to be a Bravo. You're a weapons guy. You yeah. know, you know it and I know it. So now I'm a weapons guy. And to tell you the truth, most of the guys that flunked out were weapons guys. And I stuck around for like three or four months. I ran a marathon in Houston. Yeah. And, and, uh, and then I went to the Bravo course and passed the Bravo course and uh, get to seventh group. So now, how did, did you pick seven? Good question. No, I did not on my list at all. <laughs> um, so I, uh, I, I, I wanted to go to places I'd never been. Right. Um, and I didn't consider South America. I was like North America, South America. Yeah. So I, I wanted to go to Africa. Mm-hmm. So I put third group. I wanted to go uh, to back to Iran and get my comic book collection that I had to leave there. Yeah. So that one fifth group, and I put tenth group because I wanted to go to Europe because I li- I loved Europe. And um, unbeknownst to me, one of the tabbed guys that got kicked out, who became mm-hmm. a good friend of mine, um, he was uh, he was uh, divorcing and kicked out and like living in his team room and yeah. he didn't have a car. So I lent him my car while I was in Robin Sage, and uh, in fact I. had I had lost my ID card and 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 I, I got a new one right. before I went to Robin Sage, but it had fallen under my th- under my seat. Right. So being the good buddy that he did, that since he borrowed my car, he cleaned my car out, found my ID card. He's like, oh shit, he's gonna need this Robin Sage. Goes through his buddy rat line 
gets yeah. it to my my instructor. Hey, yeah. can you can you give this to Randy and don't give him a hard time? He's doing me a favor. Yeah. But so the guy's he's he's not going to kick me out for not having my ID card, but he's going to confront me with it and be an asshole. Right. So he's like, hey, come here. Where's your ID card? I was like, right here. Yeah. Well, what's this? I don't know. Where did you get that? He's like, yeah. Shut up. <laughs> so I was like a weird confrontation. Yeah. And then I was like, and then he said, hey, did you get your ID card? When I got out, he's like, did you get your ID card? He's like, dude, what the fuck? Yeah. Uh, so anyway, um, he was working in SWIC as the person who decided where people go. Oh, shit. And he was a seventh group guy. And he thought I would like seventh group better. Wow. So, so he hooked you so up. So he hooked me up. And I didn't find that out till <laughs> cool. b- till I was already in the language course. <laughs> cool hookup, and, bro. And, and then he's like, he's like, hey, did you get seventh group? I was like. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I put you in for seventh group. I, I ripped up your other shit. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, I show man. up as seventh group and I don't even take leave. I go to the Q course. Uh, right. I'm, I'm, I get a two plus two plus in Spanish out of the Q, out of the Q, out of the Q course. I didn't have any background in Spanish at all. Um, and I go to, the, I, I just say, I want to deploy. I want to go. I'm tired. Yeah. Uh, and I was single and I was like, Take me, go. I want to go to group. Everyone else went on leave. They've been in the Q course yeah. forever. I'm like, take, I sign in. They sign me to uh, Bravo 37. And the sergeant major's like, I don't even remember his name. He's like, all right, yeah, we need uh, armor. Oh, I was shit. Like, what the fuck? Uh, don't you have arm? I mean, I'm an I'm a 18 Bravo. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, maybe got my MOS mixed up, but I'm a special for, I'm a combat vet yeah. with a purple heart, a CIB, an EIB. A Ranger tab, and I'm an 18 and, Bravo and yeah. an NBC. And I speak MTO. Spanish and, <laughs> yeah. and an NBC too. Yeah. And he's like, "Yeah, but we need an armor." I was like, "What does that have to?" We keep saying that. What does that have to do with me, Sergeant yeah. Major? I don't understand. He's like, "Well, we we don't have armors, armors assigned to us T O and E, so we put yeah. our 18 Bravos in the arms room." And I was like, well, "I was like, how long?" And this guy's been there for like a year. I was like, "Well, how long do I have to be there?" He's like, "Like three months." I was like. Are you sure? He's like, what the fuck are you asking me? Am I sure? He's like, you just said the last guy was there for a year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he was like injured or something. Yeah, you're only yeah. three months. He's like, can I get that in writing? He's like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, so, but the next day, I got a, I got an official document saying I was assigned there for not, not that it's worth the paper he printed on, but he yeah. signed it and said I was. These are the dates I was going to be there. Okay. I was like, great. Well, what do I know about being in armor? What do I know about signing shit out? Like. Teams would come and like, hey, we're gonna get our guns. Like, okay, I didn't. Oh I, man, I didn't lose anything, but I didn't. Holy I could have. It could have been bad. That is, that uh, is I, the I razor's mean, edge, man. I mean, You're just flirting why, why with disaster. Why would I know this shit? I don't. Yeah. Know, I don't, if they did an investigation, would I even get in trouble? I mean, I don't know this fact. shit. Yeah, no, that's uh, a fact. So, so, but it's just pure, pure luck. And also, I didn't understand. <clears throat> like, I, I, I kind of got the guy that leaving was a kind of not a very help, helpful person either. Right. But he's like, uh, yeah, you're going to have to do these inspections every month. And I was like, oh, all these fucking weapons and nods are all out of order. It's a lot yeah. easier if I just take them out of these little uh, these little team, these boxes yeah. and put them in order. And then when I got to do the inspection, I just lift them out. And then uh, it's a lot easier. So I do that. Yeah. And the teams are like, what the hell? Don't touch my gut. Oh, <laughs> I, was no. like, I was like, what? <laughs> you forgot to tell them the story that you became the NBC and CEO and that didn't work out too well. Yeah. I I would have slipped that one in and said, well, let me, you know, I don't know if you want me to be the armor. Let me tell you about my UTC. I would UTC, have hung on uh, to some of those CS pellets. So, <laughs> so <yeah>. useful. <laughs> so, I was, so the first sergeant, uh, want, because he had a group guy that looked pretty fit, he wanted to make me in charge of remedial PT. 
And I was like, oh. I'm training for like a triathlon. I was like, I don't think that they want to do PT with you. Oh, you'd be perfect. I was like, I, yeah. I, I mean, what am I? And so he took, he did his, his idea of uh, super PT was he'd drive, get everyone in a, uh, a deuce and a half, I guess, back then, mm-hmm. and ship us out down Long Street 10 miles. Right. Like everyone get out and run home. And he was a runner. He was a little, yeah. he's an SF guy, a little, but a little guy, a little, a little uh, Latino guy. He could okay. run, you could tell he's a runner. I'm not a bad runner. Not the best runner, but not right. a bad runner. But I can give old people a run for their money usually. <laughs> and he's probably 10 years over me. So, I mean, I was only, I'm like 23 now or something, right? right? So, you know, I take off and he yeah. takes off and we're like neck and neck all the way. And so we get yeah. there and he's like, all right, I, I believe you're trying out for a triathlon. You can do whatever you want. Nice. So I put a sign on my arms room and said, I will be in work at one to four if you yeah. need me. Otherwise beat me. And I do PT every morning yeah. from six to 12. I run through the woods to the gym. I work out in the gym. I go to the pool, swim yeah. for an hour. I run back. I got a jump rope in there. I do a jump rope. And then I sleep because if they're deployed, there's no one drawing weapons. And then I right. sleep all day. Sounds awesome. <laughs> it was good for the And it was only months. for three months. It was three Did months. you go back and say, can I extend this? No, no, no. I, 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 went, I went back and said, hey, is this one, you got a replacement for me? So we said three months. I mean, yeah. if you're as good as your word, get the fuck out of here. It's like, all right. But I reminded him. And, uh, and also something else uh, that affected my life um, was that I started getting distribution because I'm the armor. So stuff okay. comes through my office that I have don't care about. And mm-hmm. sometimes I do. And we're looking for volunteers for Lancero school. Cool. And I'm like, Hey, uh, the, the supply guy was next to me. I was like, Hey, what's Lancero school? He's like, it's like ranger school, but it's in Spanish. I was like, I mean, it's gotta be better than the arms room. So I signed my <laughs> name and I, and, you know, at, <laughs> no clue what this was. <laughs> so at, at this oh, time, man. at this time I, I'm super fit and I don't know, I don't know how the systems work, right? Yeah. So I, I sign my name and I put it through the distribution and then there's like a phone number in the bottom or something. Yeah. And I was like, so I'm calling, basically I'm calling the ops art major of group like every day. He's like, hey, did I get the part to Lancero? I was like, yeah. I don't know. We haven't figured it out. I was like, hey, hey, did I get the part? Like, <laughs> Do you know he's the ops sergeant major? I have no idea who he's he is. Just he's just a guy in the phone. He's got a phone number. Did I get it? Who are you? So finally they call the eight of us together or seven of us and say, okay, this is your briefing. This is what Lancero school's like, blah, blah, blah. At one point you'll they'll beat the shit out of you for no reason, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And, uh, and so that's all I know about that. And then I, and then I don't get it. I don't, I don't hear anything else about it. You, so you don't have a date or anything? I don't have a date or anything. So my, th- I think that was early on in my three months. So my three months mm-hmm. are coming to an end. I'm bugging the other Sergeant Major, just, yeah. just a thorn in Sergeant Major's side. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, are you going to get it? So the day I was supposed to get out, this guy comes in. I say, this is what I do. I just hand weapons out and they come back. And that's yeah. what I do. <laughs> <laughs> don't move awesome. don't move stuff because they don't like that <laughs> and, and, uh, and so and then I leave and I get to my yeah. team so I show up in my team um, they uh, they uh, they I go they're doing an inventory 100% inventory they're yeah. like they don't have a medic assigned so they're like hey you're kind of like a half of a medic can you like yeah. half of a medic yeah. <laughs> can, can, you, can you inventory like the right butt plunger tools and stuff we don't know yeah. what those are and they're like sure so I'm laying it all out and my uh, team leader comes over and is like, hey, I was in a meeting this morning. I saw your name on a list to go to Lancero School. You probably need to go talk to the B team. Actually, I skipped one part. They assigned me to the B team because my team wasn't back. 
Okay. So I'm at the B team and I'm like, what the fuck's the B team? Like, yeah. I still didn't know what the fuck's going on, right? My parents, at the, my, my Q course graduation, my parents gave me a tape of the Battle of the Green Berets. I was like, what's this? I was like, wow. it's the Battle of the Green Berets. I was like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Um, so uh, I get to, uh, I get, I've, I've figured everything out by now. And I, and I spend my days studying South America. I like mm-hmm. the geography, the capital cities, the, the history of each, each country. I don't know where I'm going to go, but I want to be yeah. ready. And I figured that's what Green Berets did. And I get, they signed me to the B team. That's what I did when I wasn't sleeping in the arms room. Right. Uh, and then I, I get there and they put me on the B team. And I'm like, what the fuck's the B team? And I was like, yeah. it's, it's the people that support the A teams. I was like, so what do we do here? It's like, we do support stuff. I was like, okay. Can I, you know, I heard that you can walk in on SEER school. So you, could I walk in on a SEER school slot? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah, sure, I guess. So the next day, I went to SEER school. <laughs> and I wow. didn't tell anybody because no one told, because they said I could go. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't know I had to sign out because in the Rangers, I just, this is big boy rules, right? He said yeah. I could go. I went over there. And I sat in the back of the room, and they called all the names out, and the guy's like, who are you? I was like, Randy Searles. And they're like, where are you from? I was like, seventh group. And he's like, let me see your paperwork. He's like, I, I just came here to see if you had a standby slot. And he's yeah. like, hey, your, your physical's over, overdue. I was like, yeah, I was in the Q course for like two years because I went yeah. to the medic course, and I just got out. And he's like, hmm, seventh group? I was like, yep. He's like, all right, get in the truck. So, nice. I, so I go to Sears school. And no, but but, but they I'm, don't know you're but there. But I'm AWOL. Right. <laughs> right. AWOL at Sears School. Yeah. yeah. So I was AWOL at Sears School. So I go to Sears School. I get out of Sears School. I graduate Sears School. I come back that day. Yeah. And they're like, where in the fuck were you? I was like, <laughs> I was in Sears School. Here's my diploma. You said I could go to Sears School. Did you not say I could go to Sears School? I was like, yeah, yeah I did. I didn't know you were going to go like the next day. I was like, well, you didn't ask, but you said I could go to yeah. Sears School. So I went to Sears School. He's that like, is amazing. And then, so he's like, okay, your team's here. Go see your team. So that's when wow. they made me lay it out. And he's like, hey, I saw your name on a list to go to Lancero School. Go talk to the B team. I was like, all right. So I yeah. go back there. I was like, hey, the, my commander said, oh, yeah, the Lancero School thing. Yeah, yeah, it's Friday. They're like, uh, yeah, these are your orders. You leave Monday. Yeah. Uh, here's your packing list. Right out of Sears School. Nice. Right out of Sears School. So then I, nice. we don't have a medic on our team. And uh, and some and he's like, oh, you need to get some medicine for, from the medic. Like, what do I need to get from the medic? So I go to a different team. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> hey, I'm supposed to go to Lancero School and I'm a medic. And he's like, oh, come here, I'll hook you up. And it's like yeah. the blue pill and the red pill. And, I, and he's like trying to write notes on there. And I was like, mm, okay. And then um, and then I go buy a bunch of stuff. And this is back before credit cards, right? So sure. go get your advance. Here's ten thousand dollars. I was like. Okay. Yeah. Go buy. Here's your ticket. You know, I was like, okay. And then I go to um, Monday. I show up, and I thought it was like, uh, like you know, high school sports. So I showed up in my suit, my only suit I owned, yeah, my confirmation suit, and to ride on a plane because you you dress up when you go places, right? Yeah. So the other guys were all in jeans and like t-shirts and like, what are you doing, man? You look super cool. They were all, (laughs) but they'd all been on teams forever, right? And right. And I was like, I'd been on a team for a day. And I was like, I, I'm here to go to Lancero School. It's going to be great. And like, yeah, Scooter, sit over there. <laughs> and of course, all of them are Latin speakers. One, right. One's Colombian, there's two Puerto Ricans, there's two Mexicans, there's one white guy, but he speaks fluent Spanish. Yeah. And, or he speaks Spanish, let's just say that. Yeah. And so um, they're all been on teams for a while. And uh, they're like, oh my God, who's going to watch this guy? And, um, and of course, my Spanish had never been tried out in any country but the United States and it was crap, but I got right. two plus two plus. So I looked good on paper. So I get down there and you know, they're, they're like, don't 
go anywhere without Hess. I was like, why? I, I get it. I speak Spanish. Like, you talk to the taxi driver. He has no idea what you're saying. No, yeah. we, you're going to get lost. So they kind of heard me. We take the, uh, we, we get there. We get like a month to acclimatize. We start right. Lancero School. We all shave our heads because I don't know why. They shave their head. And they're like, you're shaving your head. And I was like, okay. I mean, yeah. some of them are rangers. Makes sense. And so, yeah. they, so they easily took charge of me. They just told me to do shit. Yeah. <laughs> so... So I'm an E6 now. I got promoted in the Q course. Right. And uh, and so um, we just do Lancero School, which is probably the hardest thing I've ever done. So talk about first, where is Lancero School? Right. And how did Lancero School come about? So Lancero School is the Colombian version of our Ranger School, for lack of a better word, with a lot of extra M&Ms involved. Okay. Um, it's uh, it Basically, we helped create Lancero School to create their kind of commandos, ranger qualified people to help them fight the FARC. And uh, so we teach them patrolling, kind of tweaked a little bit towards their rules and laws and uh, laws of war and stuff like that. And um, we have an American exchange pep instructor uh, that's usually a a captain or a major who comes from SS, speaks Spanish, has worked in South America, and he he works on their staff. Okay. Uh, So pep is a personal exchange program. Um, So ideally, we send one to there, and they send one to our ranger school. So if you ever saw a Colombian instructor working there, that's part of the PEP exchange program. Okay. Um, And then, uh, um, so it's based on our it's based on our ranger school without any of the safety concerns. I guess that's the best way to explain. And without any rules, really, doing some ways or. I mean, there's. Yeah, the, so they grade it all on a point system that is basically the same as um, what's that? What's that uh, comedy show that Drew Carey used to run where there's who's, the points don't matter? Yeah, the whose line is yeah, whose line is way? Yeah, yeah. yeah, you get a thousand points, but the points don't matter. Yeah. Well, kind of like that. So it, it, they, while they have like major pluses and major minuses of points, like you get five hundred points, and so if you have to get a minimum of so many points by the end, and every patrol yeah. is worth so many points, but everyone gets the same score on the patrol. So if you're not working as a team, yeah. then then you don't get a leadership go or no go, as far as right. I understand. You know, I'm not behind the scenes. I'm not the instructor. But the way right. I understood it was you get 1,000 points for the patrol, and if you fail the patrol, everyone gets zero. Yeah. But then you do all the physical events, and you, get, you can get 500,000 points for whatever. And it was, I mean, for instance, the knots, right? I know, I, I recycle mountains phase. I know right. knots. I, they're all the same knots. I just have sure. to learn the new words for the knots, right? Right. And so once I, f- and I don't even know, need to know that because they can go, ready the, you know, whatever knot. And this, this I just look at what this idiot's tying. And then yeah. I'm like, okay, it's done. And I, right. and I got like an extra 2,000 points because I finished before anyone and yeah. without even understanding a word of what was going on, right? <laughs> there was a benefit to failing mountain face. There you go. Yeah. It all, it's all, it's all comes together. That's the one you want to recycle. <laughs> if you got to recycle, recycle mountain face. And we were all the best. I mean, for the most part, most Americans were in the top 10 of the fitness things. Like we run okay. faster. There's some, there were some quick guys down there because right. we played football and stuff. But for the most part, they weren't fed as well as we were. And right. we ran faster than they do. I mean, I was probably top two, three runner in the, okay. the whole 200 people that were there. How um, much you weighed going in? Probably 185, 190 or something. And uh, I, we had, had, there was pull-ups like they could do two, three. And, oh, you wow. know, I like, you know, if I did 10, I was like way exceeding. Push-ups, their standards for push-ups are a lot lower than ours, like 50%. Okay. So if I, did, if I maxed ours out, I was screwing, I was maxing that out. Sit-ups, right. they did sit-ups a different way than we did, which is easier. So oh, you can nice. actually swing your arms. 
Oh, wow. Okay. So anyway, so. How long is the school overall? Forever. It's like, it's like 10 <laughs> weeks. I, I, it, might, it might change, but it was 10 weeks. And it was from yeah. like September to like halfway through December. Yikes. Okay. And um, they have three phases. I think they have four phases now. But they had like the kind of city week kind of learning all the stuff phase. Then they had a mountain phase, which okay. wasn't one very mountainy. And then they had jungle phase. Okay. And the jungle phase is rumored to be in a jungle area where the FARC may or may not operate. So right. in you get actual real ammo, and you have to put the right ammo when you're attacking the 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 uh, op four that are good guys oh, acting like bad man. guys. So if you mess that up, it can go poorly. There's some serious consequences. And also there, at yeah. night when you guard your patrol base, you put live ammo in because, yeah. and then you know at least you're going to be able to sleep because no one's going to attack you because they're going to attack you with live ammo. Yeah. Put your live ammo in. I was like, I'll get to sleep tonight. Put your fake ammo in. Like, We're going to be attacked. <laughs> <laughs> now they didn't have blank adapters for their, okay. uh, they had galils, you know, Israeli galils okay. that were basically you fire it as it's falling apart and try to put it back together. Yeah. They're pretty old. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and they didn't have blank adapters. So when you're doing a, a raid or a raid, it's like bang, bang, yeah. bang. You know, it's pretty. You're doing World pretty, War II style. It's kind of lame. But uh, anyway, so, you know, it was hard physically. Uh, walking through the jungle, that that rhyme is is true is true because yeah. that, that, that is no joke, sucks so bad. And every day at 5 o'clock, Humidity wise, or just what I mean, was it? It that was sucked. It was just walking up a mountain of mud, sliding down a mountain of mud. Yeah. And every day at like 4.45, we'd stop to watch the wall of rain come towards us and wash over yeah. us, you know. And if we're not yeah. camped by then, then we're wet, you know. Yeah. So we're, you know, and, and we got to worry about trench foot and everything like that uh, pretty bad. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, uh, I, I, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty confident I broke my thumb and reset it myself. And, uh, the other guy broke a rib because there's some, there's some stuff they, when the hand to hand is like, they don't teach you very good hand to hand. It's like basic judo throws and stuff, yeah. but then they're like you and you go and I want to see blood. So it's oh, just shit. like, bam, 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 bam. I mean, there's just the, the Colombian that was the Colombian American that was with us is just a huge guy. Yeah. And in, in his fifties, he was competing at the the um, what's the what's the big thing everyone's doing? With oh, the, the, the uh, CrossFit. The CrossFit. Yeah. He was, he oh, was okay. doing over fifty CrossFit stuff. Oh shit! Um, okay. Just just a couple of years ago, he was he was in the for yeah. like three years ago. He's oh, he's super fit. Yeah, freak of nature. And so his his we had to fight our Lancero buddies, which didn't make any sense. Why are you going to no. fight the guy you're going to spend the time with, right? <laughs> so his Lancero buddy was this kind of had a big mouth, and he was a uh, he was a, another foreign student too. He was I don't know where he was from, but basically, you know. This guy was like, he's just squeezing his neck against his chest. And they're like, okay, stop, stop, stop. You know, trying yeah. to stop him from killing him. And, uh, and then another guy, came, the white guy, the other white guy, he was huge. He was like six foot three, you know. Yeah. And uh, they're like, ready, go. And the white guy went uppercut. And that guy went sailing back. And the white yeah. guy jumped on him and was like, bam, bam, blood, teeth, bam, bam. And I'm just like, oh, my God. And my, my partners, I, we're next. My partners look at me going, oh, fuck. Gonna get killed, yeah, and uh, because he was not not very big either, I'm still good, great friends with him too, yeah. Um, and uh, and so I mean, they stopped that fight like three times, and the third time they started it, and the like the second time the, the guys kind of weave in, like, ready, yeah. go, oh, so and the white guy goes, bam, bam, bam again. There's like a time, so it wasn't like, oh, oh, god, 
Wow. It's like it's like a round. So the rest of you guys are sitting there watching this and yeah. going, "Okay, we got to play this out a little bit, <laughs> yeah, yeah. stretch it, Paul, yeah, a little yeah, bit." Yeah. 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 Exactly. <laughs> yeah, because all the you know everyone else is about the same size. The Americans were the big ones. You yeah. Know? yeah. And uh, and then the third time they're like, "Ready?" And they said, oh, "They were about to say go." They're like, "Ready, go!" And the guy turned around and booked and ran oh, out shit. of the circle down the street. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Gone. Shit. And uh, so when we, when my, me and my buddy did it, I was, I, we, I were just like, we totally faked it, and we totally had to do push-ups and do running, but it was totally yeah. worth it. Yeah, <laughs> oh no my joke. god. <laughs> well, hell no yeah, joke. I didn't know that you could fake it and get through it. <laughs> well, I mean, some, I think some of those guys didn't like their partners. I mean, my partner yeah. was, my partner went through a lot of shit for me because I didn't, I didn't speak Spanish the way yeah. I couldn't understand their fast and I couldn't understand their yeah. accent. Yeah. I mean, we had to say the Lancero Creed. Like three times a day, yeah. And and they didn't say like someone says it and you repeat it. It's like everyone says it Everybody at the same time. Together. So it's like soy lancero yeah, yeah, de yeah. Colombia. Do we get it right? And so I, I could not remember past the first um, the first stanza. stanza. There was yeah. like six stanzas. I couldn't remember the past the first stanza because I think is because the words were specific to Colombia. There were places. And they were like in the oh. in the war in the battle of Toronaga, you know, uh, this guy right. Melendez did this or whatever, you know. So that's kind of stuff that was going on in the later stanzas. And I I just I, I would study every night, but I'd be so tired anyway. And I'm just right. like, I, so I got the first one. So I, the first one, I'd be like everyone else yelling. I was like, so let's go to Columbia. Yeah, me sangre. Da da da. And I get to the next one, I'd be like, ba 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 ba. Da 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 ba 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 ba. And the and you know the instructors figured it out. The instructor's like right here. I'm like ba 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 ba. Da 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 da. And he's like, you don't know this. And he's, I was like, what do you mean? I'm I'm saying it. And he's like, that doesn't sound like anything like our creed. I was like, I have a really heavy accent. I don't know. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I'm a Texan. Doing and lots so, of I'm so sure. there's another thing. The song was, uh, it was like uh, a hymn, hymnal. It was like Lealtad, Valor, Sacrificio, Trespalabas, Que Me Lleva. And uh, see, I know it now. Yeah. Wow. It only takes, yeah. three, it only takes three months to hammer that yeah. in, man. And so, but every, so just like a ranger, you have to run everywhere. Yeah. And you have to say, you have to say the, the, the hymnal. Yeah. But I only knew. Like I said, like the first ten words. So yeah. I just we run in like Leal Dot Valor Sacrifice. Yeah. So you run in as fast as you can. Yeah. And the destructors will be watching me like ready to jump on me is like safe. That is funny. <laughs> so yeah, I mean I was I was I mean so and my and of course your Lance everybody gets tortured every time you get tortured. It's like, hey, you know, you're stupid. Go run five laps and do five hundred push ups or something yeah. like that. And so you could earn and look going back to the points, you can earn and lose points like that. So wow. hey, we're gonna we're repelling off a really dinky tower and it was um it was Australian and yeah. the guy's like, Are you scared? Are you scared, gringo? Like yeah, I'm really scared, and I jumped off and went ranger, and I didn't I didn't break at all because it was a slow it was slow a slow slide. Yeah, and everyone freaked out and they belayed me and I st I got stuck up there and then of course they belayed me so quick I lost it. Oh and shit! And so I'm stuck there with their belay because they, they they pulled yeah. the rope, and then they they said minus five thousand points violation no danger violation or whatever. Oh my gosh! Like, oh, whatever man, so it was just random stuff, and wow. then the obstacle courses were like. People like breaking their legs, breaking their necks on them because they're not. I mean, they just weren't built well, or they. No, the, so that's like one obstacle was that was the worst. It was like uh, eight foot. You had to climb this wood thing without using your hands, and then you yeah. had to walk along a plank. You know, yeah, eight foot, 
and then you had to jump onto a perpendicular plank that was six foot. Oh, so shit. it was two foot down and like maybe a foot in front of you and then yeah. walk that way. That got the most people. That was like a, a broken leg waiting to happen. So yeah. there's always a couple people that, that bit it. So what was the, other than the, the mud and the jungle part of it, what was, it was and, and the beating, it was, what was? It was mental. Cause it was I, mental, cause okay. I, so even in the, even when you get to SFAS, mm. even if in that time when you didn't have all the G2, yeah, when you yeah. got there, other people had knew someone who did something. So yeah. we're like, oh, I, you know, we're going to have to do this, we're going to have to do that. So you get kind of aware of what's going on. The other thing is everyone in the Lancero School that was Colombian Knew exactly what was going to happen every day. Right. So for me, uh, for me, it was like, what new hell is today going to open for? You know, <laughs> what are, what are we going to do today? What stupid like the, back? They changed this in the curriculum since I went, but they used to have truck jumping. If you get ambushed, oh, you don't want to show weakness in front of the FARC. So you're all always standing in the back of the truck. Yeah. There's a truck jump master who's hooked in to the truck. <laughs> And, and everyone's ready to go at any moment. And if you get ambushed, they're like, go, go, tap out. And everyone jumps out of the back of the truck at 50 or 60 kilometers an hour. No way. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And you have to jump. And by the way, if you ever have to do this and you have a rifle in your hands, make sure you straighten your arms because if you don't, you're going to smack yourself in the face. Holy shit. If you understood Spanish, you would know that. Uh, so, <laughs> so, so, and you jump out of there with your rucks and everything. Yeah. And, you know, a couple of people broke their legs or sprain their ankles and stuff yeah. for most of us for most part it was you do a parachute fall on the way out yeah. and then and you don't actually fall down because you're getting dragged back by the momentum and you kind of hop backwards and then you're ready to charge into the uh the ambush line and get shot right i guess <laughs> seems like solid but the but but in reality so it seems doesn't seem solid for us yeah but, but the FARC ambushes were like three guys okay and not always with a machine gun okay and so really we need to catch those guys is what they're thinking. Gotcha. Uh, and so it didn't, it didn't, didn't make sense to years later for me, but I was like, yeah. we saw a video on it and we were in a, a tent and they brought a generator in, they put a TV and they said, okay, this, so today we're going to do truck jumping. And I'm like, yeah, and I don't understand anything that's going on. I'm like, what is going on? What are they doing? <laughs> and, and we did it. Crawl, walk, run. We did yeah. it without, with, with just your, with nothing, with a rifle, with LB rifle, with LB rifle ruck, stationary. Yeah. And we did all of that with slow moving truck. Then we all got combat speed yeah. until everyone broke their ankles. <laughs> <laughs> so we did that. Oh, we man, did, I mean, the worst day was the peace. I, Pista de combate efectivo. So, yeah. So it's like the. Did you get that poem? Uh, yeah. The, yeah. The, 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 basically the obstacle course of combat effectiveness or something like that. Okay. Um, and uh, once again, another big surprise for me. Other yeah. people knew what was going on. Probably the Americans that spoke Spanish probably got informed by their fellow people. I was an, the only American in my squad. And so okay. everyone else had two Americans in each of their squads and they all spoke Spanish. I did not speak Spanish and they stuck yeah. me in my own squad. That's smart. Well, you did according sense. to the army. That's the reason why you... Yeah, but the Colombians didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> the Colombians yeah. could just like, well, can you explain this to the retarded, uh, you know, American <laughs> doesn't understand our language. And then, um, so this day, we we put all our rucks down. We'd been hiking. It was in the mountain phase. We'd been hiking all day, uh, all week, actually, and doing raids and stuff. And then they're like, um, they, start, they start going first squad, second squad, third squad. So we get, the first part of it is, is a trench with not Constantine wire, Bob wire, 
Really? Like it, like it came in, like it came already, and they pulled it out and yeah. stretched it out, and you have to cr- and you have to it comes like this, uh-huh. and you have to sh- crawl through the center of it. So the first guys got it the worst, but the fir- all the guys in front of me were smaller than me, so it didn't matter. Right. So I'm just you have to spread it out and crawl through the center of the wire in this trench that has thorns and glass and stinks with piss. Who knows? Yeah. So because because piss is always good for an infection that's been by, mm-hmm. you know rusted bob wire anyway so we're going through it and then there's instructors along the side yelling at you hitting you with sticks and um and then there's fires on the side of it and they're throwing coals on you as you go they're like go faster go faster good training um, that's great training wow (laughs) awesome and um (laughs) so we get uh i don't know we get along and everyone starts getting kind of an instructor that adopts you okay and there is an instructor that spoke perfect english and this is the psyops of the thing i guess because he's like hey you know how you doing and I'm like, pretty good. And he's yeah, like, and I, 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 pretty good, <laughs> uh, you know. Yeah. And as I'm pulling the wire and trying to keep crawling, he's like, so um, why are you here? I mean, do you have to be here? I mean, you could quit. You could go home. You yeah. Go McDonald's. You could have McDonald's tonight. You got McDonald's downtown if you want to quit. <laughs> Dunkin's Donuts. I mean, is there a really reason for you to be here? You know, I was like, ah, I'm, I'm fine. I'm good. Yeah. No problems here. <laughs> so we get through that. I mean, it takes forever. And uh, and I, I had like, I didn't have a coat left. I had, sure. I, I didn't. I, don't, I had like the rags. I had a shirt like was like around my neck, but it was yeah. there was nothing connecting. It was just a rag. Yeah. My pants from my uh, mid thigh down were gone. My yeah. boot laces were gone. My boots were a wreck. Yeah. And uh, scratches everywhere. And they're like, okay, go to the next station. So I get to the next station, and there's a big flat rock with some words written on it. And it says, Nunca baja su guardia, which in Spanish, if you speak Spanish, mm-hmm. means never lower your guard. Now, some of the words were a little smeared in, yeah. my, de- in my defense, and we've, we've, always, we've already established my Spanish wasn't great. Right. So I thought it said, never go beneath your war. So, Makes perfect okay, sense. Yeah. Instead of no, never go beneath your guard, which yeah. is what I, the way I was translating in my head. It was, I thought it said never go beneath your war, which, you know, war, guardia, guerra, it's like one letter. Sure. And uh, so I was like, he's like, do you understand what it says? I was like, um, not really. <laughs> and then he punches me as hard as he can in the stomach. Yeah. Of course, I'm not ready for it, because why would someone punch me in the stomach? Why would yeah. an instructor punch me in the stomach? <laughs> so I double over, and I'm like, what the fuck? What the fuck? He's like, read the rock. I was like, Nunca, and I, re- I thought I wanted to read it out loud. So I yeah. said, Nunca baja suguera, or suguera. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, do you understand? I was like, no. And this guy behind me hits me in the kidney as hard as he yeah. can. And I'm like, what the fuck's going on? And he's like, read the rock. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. I was like, I, I mixed Spanish. And he was like, yo, Nunca, I understand the fucking raca. Yo, Nunca, boy, I understand the fucking raca. <laughs> and and uh, I'm just yelling at the fucking instructor. Yeah. Uh, and the instructor's. And I saw a video later because they take video of all this shit because oh, I think it's funny. And it's great. like, and, it's, and the instructors are trying to, to, to not to laugh, especially the guy behind <laughs> me, right? And uh, I mean, the guy behind me is laughing, and this guy's like, yeah. And so the American instructor is at the next phase. Yeah. And he's on this hill, and he's just like, he's got his hat, and he's like, Never lower your guard, dumbass. And I was like, oh, well, that makes sense then, doesn't it? That makes, that makes complete sense. I, I get it now. I yeah. understand. I understand what, I understand the point of this exercise. I mean, kind of. But yeah. So he's like, do you understand? I was like, yes, I understand. It's like a 9-0 never lets his guard down. Yeah. You got that? I was like, got it, man. 
So then he's like, all right, oh, next phase. See that, that guy, that soldier on that gorilla on that mount, on the hill over by the American? Yeah. He's like, yep. He's like, three minutes, hand-to-hand combat, kick his ass. Like, you got it. Yeah. So I'll go over there. And it's just a little, like, 15-year-old kid that's a soldier. Yeah. And he's in a little karate kid. One whatever no the, 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 the he's uh, in the the one the, the one legged oh, one God, the crane the crane he's in the crane he's in the crane he's like <laughs> I was like I am gonna beat your ass and then the eight guys behind me sneak up and pin me to the ground and kick the shit out of me Holy for three shit, minutes because awesome. you let your guard down because <laughs> I let my guard down I was focused on the crane and so but you know and so I'm like ah, I'm, I'm, block, I'm, pull, I'm pulling their feet and but I got this on film too I don't have it anymore someone has it oh, that, yeah. so, but it's back, back with no digital film, real film, right? right? So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing the best I can, and I protect myself as best I can. But I'm pissed, I'm bruised, and um, they didn't break anything, but they broke the other guy's rib. So it yeah. depends how well you protected yourself or whatever. So I get up. So they let me up. They, after three minutes, they let me up and they spread around me, yeah. and I'm up and I'm, I'm like, I'm, 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 I'm up. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. no one's taking me down again. Thinking I'm thinking round robin. That's like, right. I'm number three. I'm flipping around. Yeah, flipping around. Yeah, yeah. Like Chuck yeah. Norris, right? Right. right. <laughs> like, so they're like, no, no, you did good. It's like, I'll never let guard down. Never let your guard down. <laughs> and they're like, no, you did. They're like, all right, next phase. You have to go down this path until the till you get to the next uh, next stopping point. And it's through this elephant grass. It's like you know eight yeah. feet tall. And it's so I'm going through this path. You can't see anything. I'm just like, yeah. what's that? Because I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm all, I'm, yeah. I'm all guard still. is up. Guard, yeah, guards up. I'm like ten minutes down this thing, like, like I'm, like I'm a ninja, and nothing hit, nothing comes against me. And then we get to the next station. The next station is pretty anticlimactic. It's like some quick fires or something. Right. And I'm laying there waiting my turn. And uh, these two guys are sitting behind me, and they're like, one guy's like, "Who's this idiot?" <laughs> yeah. He's like, "I don't know. He's a fucking retard. He doesn't speak Spanish." <laughs> And I was like, hey, motherfucker. Yeah. As I turned around, I was like, hey, motherfucker, do you speak English? He's like, uh, no. I was like, well, I speak a little Spanish, huh? He's like, yeah. yeah. I was like, so who's a fucking retard? Now, these were, so they had auxiliars, which okay. were the, which were kids. And, that, and what, the crane guy was also one of these guys. Okay. They're like um, soldiers that are tasked to help the instructors okay. in different, they, you know, they'll, they'll pick up stuff, they'll set things up and things right. like that. Kind of like the Op 4 and Ranger School. Pretty much, kind of okay. like that. And most of them are pri- most of them are conscripts, so they're just there for two years, and they just they got luck- they got a lucky job where they okay. get to boss um, people around because they're above the students but under the instructors, right? Right. But if you made friends with them, so when you did ranges, after you shot your eight rounds or whatever, yeah. um, you had to collect the brass, and if you didn't get eight pieces of brass, you yeah. stayed out there all night till you <laughs> found it. Oh, um, man. Now, the if you made friends with these guys, then they they would collect. They had an extra brass, and they would sure. like. They're like, "Here you go, buddy." So, that was my my uh, my first special forces. Uh, you know, win the hearts and minds. Yeah. Hey, you want some of my bread? You want, yeah. a, want me? Buddy? I'll get you a coke. The weird thing is, so they had you know you're not supposed to eat anything. They don't feed you right, and they right. fed you fed you crap. I think it's like a little tortilla for breakfast with a sausage on it, and yeah. Just some ri- rice, rice. Every, I had so much rice I couldn't eat rice for like a year after I got out of there. Wow. And actually, I reached the limit like a month out where, when they put rice in front of me, I was like, no. Well, you have to eat. And I was like, not, not eating the rice. <laughs> and my my buddy's like, I'll eat it. And he's like, yeah. so he's like fat, fat Lancero, and I'm like, yeah. I'm losing weight. I 
when I got out of this school, I weighed 120 pounds. Holy oh my gosh! Shit. I, got, I, got, I, got, I got I got six. I got sick about three weeks out, two or three weeks out. I got yeah. really sick. I got I got a, a, bu- a bug. Okay. Uh, shit, they called it schistosomiasis. It was like snails uh, that got oh. came in through some water into my bloodstream somehow, and I had I was shitting and vomiting and had really bad uh, burps oh, and stuff shit. like that. And I just started after about the second two weeks out, I was getting really bad. Yeah. Um, in fact, you know, I was like number two runner in the beginning. At the end, I was like la- the second to last. Wow. The only reason I was the second to last is because the last, the last guy, there was a truck following the last guy, and there was an instructor sitting on the hood, and he was kicking the ass of the last guy. Wow. And so I stayed ahead, ahead of him. Wow. <laughs> I was like, I'm not falling behind. No, one, yeah. no freaking dude is kicking my ass as I'm running. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> So wow. what happened to the two guys behind you? The, the two kids the, the, that were talking smack to oh, you. Oh, I just yelled at him. Oh, okay. And that, and that was yeah. it. So, so it was very anticlimactic. Like I said, the last piece after yeah. everything. So else that was it. Did. After that, you were you graduated? That, that was like halfway through. I had to do jungle phrase. Uh, like I was still pretty fit at this time. So then you're on the jungle doing patrols. Doing patrols. Walk, this is where we're walking up mud mountains and down mountain yeah. mountains. And we're, we're actually living, in, and you have to live in hammocks. Uh, okay. Set your hammocks every, every night. Put your poncho over the hammock. Yeah. And uh, they cook food. You have to carry a big black pot around, and you just everyone carries it every yeah. day, a day. You have to carry all your food. They, in okay. fact, before you leave, they issue all the food. They say, okay, they divide it up by squad. Every squad carries a pot okay. and, and all their food, and they carry bags of rice bags of pasta. Um, so this isn't MRE type, this isn't military type. They have Colombian food. MREs, but at this time the Colombian MREs r- didn't last very long and they okay. kind of sucked. They were pretty much all sugar. Okay. And there was just, and it was one for each day yeah. and they had one main meal and then they had like a breakfast cereal, like Fruity Pebbles or some just sugar stuff. And yeah. then I don't even know what the lunch, the dinner was supposed to be, but it's supposed to be one per day. Yeah. And so when they did the when they did the uh, inspection, of course, I brought my own MREs. Yeah. And they didn't say I couldn't bring my own MREs, but I did hide them to say just in case. And yeah. uh, I so they did the layout, and I they they told us what to pack, and then they did a layout, and I was just like, I'm just going to put the MREs under the poncho, so when the layout comes around, yeah. And then of course the wind's like, I'm like, what's this? Yeah. I was like, looks like MREs. He's like, are you hiding those from us? I was like. Oh no! You don't know. No. The U.S. MREs are really sensitive to the sun, so I was hiding them from the sun so they wouldn't spoil. That's like, funny. Well, you're not supposed to have these. It's like, well, you said MREs. It's like Colombian MREs. It's like it didn't say Colombian MREs. It said MREs, and they're like, yeah. we're gonna have to take these. So then they ate all my MREs in of front course. of me. Of course, of course. So, um, but uh, so we carried cans of tuna, cans of sardines, okay. like all the good shit, right? Yeah. Um, and I was actually platoon sergeant at the time when we divide everything up. And so I was like, I'm just going to carry the pasta because there's yeah. like tons of bags of rice. There's just this one thing of pasta. So yeah. the day we have pasta, I don't care anything else. And that'll be great. Yeah. Of course, as soon as we left, I was no longer platoon sergeant and I was never in a, put in charge again. So why would anyone want to eat pasta if they're not fucking carrying pasta? Yeah. I didn't really, I hadn't, I hadn't figured this uh, whole thing out. So I carried <laughs> yeah. the pasta the whole way. And then whatever you don't eat at the end, you have to give to the villagers. So I carried it oh, for shit. like two or three weeks through the jungle. Yeah. And and I would just I take one I take one of the long stings things out and I just gnaw on it, like. <laughs> but it was it was yeah it was horrible. So yeah, three more weeks through it, I got sick. Um, I broke my thumb. Um, uh, 
one guy broken had a broken rib the homeless the whole time uh there's a lot of i mean i i could talk about lancero school for your whole podcast man there's <laughs> there's survival survival school you know the snake wrestling uh electric yeah, the, eel wrestling Hold on. Electric eel wrestling? I mean, it's just all kinds of stupid stuff. Is it's like a real a lot of, a lot electric of, eel? Yeah. It's like machismo stuff. Wow. I wouldn't say wrestling. I'd say electric eel fucking with you. So okay. there's a barrel, and I'm walking to sit in the, the, the um, bleachers for okay. a class, for a survival class. And they're like, come here. Hey, gringo, come here. They always like to fuck with me. Yeah. And they're like, come here. And I'm like, what now? What, what could possibly come good from this? And they're like, hey, stick your hands in there and grab that. That doesn't look very yeah. healthy. <laughs> like, do what we say. Yeah, you're so not going to like so it. So I reach in and I gingerly grab the eel and I'm, yeah. I've raised it above the water. I don't know anything about eels. Like, do they only shock you when they're in water? Do they shock yeah. you when they're pissed? Or, you know, I'm not sure. They live, if, they're, if they can't breathe, do they breathe water? If they can't breathe, do they get pissed? I don't know. But yeah. I'm just playing it by ear right now. And they're not very happy because they thought that I was going to shit shocked out of me. And so like, jump up and down. So I gingerly jump up and down. He shocks the shit out of me. I go flying backwards. He's dropping back in the water. Everyone has a good laugh. It's super funny. Yeah. And I get in the bleachers. Wow. Mm, yeah. How bad is the shock? Is it like a taser? Or is it like... Well, I mean, taser sucks, right? Where you're stuck, where you can't do anything. Yeah. You've got Tourette's till they turn it off, right? Yeah. So this is just a one wham. Okay. Yeah. So... Okay. Like a light socket. So what, what was the snake wrestling? So so we had a snake class, just like you do in ranger school, right? Mm -hmm. okay. Like, hey, this is a snake. You know, blah, blah, blah. Well, this snake class ends with them taking a snake and throwing it in this, into this, I don't know, two or three meter by two or three meter pit yeah. that's waist deep. And uh, before they throw it in there, they take the burlap pad that the snake was in and they go, bam, 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 bam. Because yeah. apparently snakes like that. Yeah, yeah, it makes them happy. Yeah, when you smack him against the ground. So then they release the snake, the happy snake, into the pit. Yeah. And he's like, Wah! and then they tell people to get in the snake pit. And I get most of the classes were right out of the ranger handbook or right out of ranger school. Okay. So we would have patrolling classes. Yeah. And it would be in Spanish. So I wouldn't understand it, but I would know it. Right. So they'd wake me up and say, Oh, you're sleeping, tie a, tie a you know, bullying and half itch. And I'm like, yeah. I was like, oh, damn, we didn't get him. Yeah. You know, how many people can ride in a Blackhawk? Yeah. You know, like, oh, shit, he knows everything. Yeah. Um, now, but now they're like, hey, Gringo, come here, get in the snake pit. I'm like, wake yeah, up, wake up, wake book. up, yeah. wake up. And so I, I, I get in the snake pit on the other side, and the snake's not happy, and I'm not happy. And they're like, catch the snake. And I was awake for part of the, the beginning of the course where the guy yeah. trapped the snake with the forked stick. Yeah, and I was like, "Do I get a fork stick?" And they're like, "No, do it the Lancero way, with your hands." And I'm like, <laughs> "I'm like, okay." Um, you missed that part. Yeah, so I took my hat off and I used that as a decoy for the snakes uh -huh. because I don't know if they fall for decoys, but I figured, what the hell? Yeah. So I went over there. He went for my hat. I went for his neck. I got his neck. I got it. I got yeah. the snake, like luck. Uh, and then like kiss. All right, they're like, "Oh, dang it." Kiss Margarita. So kiss Margarita. I was like, all right, you can go. And I threw Margarita away, and I walked away. There was, like, really great music in the background. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> and, uh, and then they call another guy, Colombian, down there to do it. And they like, catch the snake. And he tries the same thing, but the snake learns. So right. instead of going for the cap, he goes for the guy's arm, gets the guy's arm. Now, not, not poisonous, probably. I, I mean, I assume, okay. you know, I, I mean, who... 
who knows? I don't know. Well, did his, did his arm blow no, up? No, and no, everything? no. They took him away, and he came back a couple of days yeah. later. Okay. Yeah. So, but he's running around with a snake attached to him for a while. It's kind That's of funny. Could have been awesome. me. Could have been me. Yeah. Um, but uh, but so snakes learn. Now we know wow. snakes learn. So snake wrestling, the, there was that. There's the... That's when I got sick. When we started eating like all this stuff, like they had, like they had everything from the jungle. They had turtles and snakes and animals, uh, pigs and everything, and we had to slaughter them and cook them. And that's probably where I got sick, to tell you the truth. That makes like, sense. That's part of it. And then I also bathed in a river and cut myself foot, and that's the other part. So somewhere okay. in that mangle of, of of abuse to my body and yeah. infection and bacteria and, and viruses and stuff. You just ended up with snails in your ten, blood. Yeah. Ten weeks of this would seem like an eternity. It was bad. In fact, one of my one of the guys that went with me got so lost so much weight. When we went out, we went to the hospital, a civilian hospital, and got a mm-hmm. checkup, a, a Colombian civilian hospital. And he's like, he's like, what's going on? He's like, oh, I went to this course and I lost like sixty pounds. Like, you got AIDS. And they put him in the AIDS ward. And Holy we had shit. to go get like the general to like talk to the doctors. Like, no, no, he's just a weak American. <laughs> Put him in the, wow. the other side. But I went back with this sickness. I, I remember getting in the plane, and I just had the worst burps. Like they were long, and they would stink so bad. And I, yeah. I was in the very front seat of second class, so like a wall in front of me. And the lady, poor lady next to me, had like you know a vegetarian meal. She was like super healthy. Oh man! And she went to the bathroom, and I was just like. And she comes back and she's like, oh my, she's got the magazine out. Yeah. And the guys behind me, like three or four seats, the Americans, they, cause they've been feeling it the whole week. They're like, God damn it, Randy, stop, cut that out. And, I just like, <laughs> and then, um, wow. so, that, so you remember, I only went to my team for one day, right? Before, yeah. I, before I got out. Well, we, we, we gotta go back. We gotta go back just uh, for a second. Graduation of that. Okay. Yeah. So graduation, um, the, the, yeah, good call. So the second to last day, you have to jump off this uh, eight-floor cliff into a river, like eight floors up. And, uh, and throughout the course... Now, you're tired as shit. Have the, have the shits at this point. Well, you've had... You, I have the shits, but I've, I've, you know, we've had a couple days back. And, yeah. But there's not really rest days. They're like, you have to clean the barracks like every freaking day, like shine the wax on, wax right. off. Like, really? Like, wax on, wax off. You've seen the movie. I'm like, what the so, um, so we, we got to clean everything. And, uh, and so it's, so we're, there's busy work and then there's practice for the graduation ceremony and stuff like that. And then we have to jump off this cliff. If you don't jump off the cliff, you don't graduate. And, um, the whole course people are planning their speech when they jump off the cliff. I dedicate this cliff to my lovely wife and my father and my dog Toto and, you know, the com- country of Colombia and the school of Lanceros and, and all this <laughs> stuff, right? And so they're pract- they, they would get up on like a boulder in yeah. the jungle when we had some free time. And they, they practiced their speech and then they jump, they jump off and go, Lancero! And they jump like, you know, whatever, half a foot. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck are you guys doing? That's and intense. Like, and they're like, they start, they're, they're trying to explain this cliff to me. And we saw the cliff because we, we would, um, we had to do, uh, um, Freaking! What is it when you go down a line? Zip lines. Zip line. Yeah, yeah. yeah zip line. You have to drop off before you run into the cliff, and otherwise, if you're afraid to let go, you smash into the wall. Some people right. do, and um, and so uh, we've seen the cliff a couple times, and we had to do small jumps. Uh, every phase, you had to jump off like 
okay, we're going to do two floors. Now we're going to do three floors. Yeah. And then they skip from like four to eight floors. You know, the eight yeah. floors, the, you've practiced. Now you've now combat speed. And uh, so these guys are practicing this whole time. And they're like, what the fuck are you guys doing? It's like, well, aren't, aren't, I mean, aren't you scared? I was like, scared of what? It's like jumping off the cliff. I was like, in the water? Has anyone ever died? And yeah. they're like, no. I was like, then no. I'm just <laughs> yeah. going to jump off the cliff. Yeah. And they're like, oh. and so anyway, so we get to the cliff. I wish, uh, I wish you were doing a video on this one because this is better acted out. But um, So we get to the cliff and they're telling people, to, hey, all right, get ready. You're going to go over there. And uh, you're, you're, they stand there and the guy across the river is like, Lancero Rodriguez, why are you, what, what do you dedicate this jump to? And then he does his speech. I dedicate it to my wife and my family and my father, who was also Lancero before me, and yeah. the great country of Colombia and the school of Lanceros. And, he's, and you know, eventually he's like shortening everything. He's like, okay, jump, salto. And he's like, Lancero. And so some of them are great, and they run off and they jump, right? But if you don't clear the cliff, like if you hesitate and you yeah. like just go fall, you're like hit the cliff on the way down. You have to like get some get some forward motion. Yeah. And this guy's like, he's like running up and he's like, and he gets to the edge and he's like, okay, I'm going to try it again. So, you know, he, he does his speech and he <laughs> runs up and he's like, ah, and, and, and they're like, God damn it, jump. And so he runs up and he jumps and he like stops and he just tilts over it and oh, it bounces no. off the cliff into the water. <laughs> oh and you're just like, what the hell are you guys doing, man? <laughs> and so every, every like third or fourth guy would do something stupid like that. Yeah. And so I get up there and I'm just pretty much fed up with everything at this point. Yeah. And uh, the guy's like, what do you dedicate this jump to? And it's like, I dedicate this uh, jump to the United States of America. And then if you don't, if you, if you're, if you have some kind of uh, you know, you're, you're hesitant or you're shy or something, they'll, yeah. they'll egg you on. They're like, and what else? You know, and so, yeah. you, so you have to think of something else. So <laughs> some people just say, I dedicate it to Columbia. And what else? And they let you say it four or five times. And uh, so they said, and what else? I was like, and that's it. Nada. <laughs> and the guy's like, <laughs> the guy shakes his head. He's like, jump. And yeah. I jump off and I go, Ranger! And I hit the water. <laughs> and I think they were fed up with me at this point too. Yeah. And uh, so then I get to the, the grad, the, the, we still don't know who's graduating yet. We have to stand in line and go before wow. the council of instructors, about 50 instructors that have involved in every phase and everything, right? They're all in there and they're in this auditorium and you have to one by one walk in and stand behind the podium and they tell you if you pass or not. And so, and it's nothing like order. So I'm like last. And so I'm standing there and this lieutenant, Colombian lieutenant walks up and starts yammering to me in very fast Spanish. Yeah. And he's like, and I'm like, hey, um, you have to speak slower. He's like, you don't speak Spanish? He's like, I speak some Spanish, but you have to speak slower. He's like, I speak English. I was like, oh, that's great. Maybe we should converse in English. And he's like, <laughs> I just completed your ranger school. I was like, yeah. that's, Lieutenant, that's a great accomplishment. Ranger school is very difficult. It's a great leadership school. I'm sure you learned yeah. a lot. That's awesome. And he's like, well, thank you. Um, I don't think anybody should go to Lancero school if they don't speak Spanish. He's like, and I agree with you. I yeah. think Spanish is, makes this school much better, a much better experience. Yeah. I, I think that's a good, a, you should propose that. <laughs> that's good. He's, he's like, um, well, what, do you know what's happening now? I was like, I have no idea. I'm standing <laughs> in the slide. He's like, you're going to go up into, into the podium and they're going to tell you whether you pass or not. Yeah. like, oh, okay. Well, all right, cool. Yeah. And he's like, so, uh, well, let me give you a hand. Let me, let me, let me help you out. I was like, great. So, if they tell you to stand in front of the podium, that means you pass. Yeah. If they tell you to stand behind the podium, 
that means you, I mean, that means you didn't pass. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's very helpful. Thanks very much. So I go in there and they tell me to stand behind the podium. Yeah. And then they yammer on and I have no idea what they're saying. And they wait for me to react. And yeah. I'm, I'm just like, do, do, do. What else would you like me to do? Yeah. And they're like, and this guy in the back goes, you pass. And I was like, <laughs> oh, yay, thank you. And he's like, and then they're like, go run a lap and do your 50 push-ups for the Lancero in the sky. And I was like, yeah. yeah, roger that. So I go out there. And then, um, and then I, the next part is the graduation where you get the distinctivo. Have you ever seen a Lancero? Uh, no. No? I, sh- I should, uh, I should mail it. give me your address. I'll mail you when I have one at home. Okay. Um, and uh, you can probably pull one up on Google, too, but it's probably cooler to have one. Um, well, I appreciate that. So, uh, so they have this distinctivo, and they put it in the grog and of whatever's in the grog, right. and you have to drink it to get it out. And so, they, so we're standing there, and the getting ready to go in and the lieutenant comes over. He's like, were you scared when you got behind the podium? And I was like, (laughs) you know what? I couldn't give a shit if I pass this course. He's like, what do you mean? Lancero is the most famous course in the world. He's like, "Mm, I'd say that Rangers are probably the most famous course in the world. You know, I'd never heard of Lancero course before I got here. I mean, like three months before I got here, they mentioned it. And then I came here. But I'm pretty sure it's not the most famous course in the world. He's like, this is a very prestigious course. When you go back, you'll have many accolades. I was like, I'm pretty sure people will think I'm dumber from coming here. <laughs> and they will give me no accolades. They might actually deny me promotion. <laughs> He's like, no, no, that's not true. This is, the, this is a very, very distinguished course. I was like, no, it's a stupid course. And you should be ashamed. <laughs> so, And that's how I graduated. Oh, man, that's amazing. Uh, did so you did you get any accolades for going to this course? Yeah, so you, I was going to say, now let's fast forward back because you land back and you're on the B team and you get back into the room. Yeah, now you weigh 135 pounds and you suck so at I, PT. So, so all I do is I, uh, I, I walk into my team room yeah. when I get back and everyone's like, who's that guy? I was like, I don't know. Why is he here? <laughs> and I sit down at my desk yeah. and they're like, what are we going to do? What's, who is he? And I'm like, and I'm just, I'm just putting my stuff on my backpack and some guy comes up, can we help you? Yeah. It's like, no, I'm good. And they're like, why are you? I think you're in the wrong room. It's like, is this 772? And he's like, yeah. I was like, I'm in the right room. I'm your Bravo. He's like, oh, you're that guy. <laughs> and they're like, oh, we didn't, oh, we didn't know what happened to you. You've been gone too long. Some of them are new. Some of them, are like, Ooh, who is he? He's, he went to Lancero School, and never came back. <laughs> and and uh, so, so. Uh, but I still had the burps, right? Yeah. And I, so I was like, oh I was like God, talking God. to him, and I was like, and, like, and everyone like evacuated the room, like, <laughs> oh no, and uh, and I still was still sick, and they were supposed to go to JRTC the next week. Yeah. And uh, so the team sergeant, new team sergeant, comes up. He's like, hey, you need to pack this. You need to go that. And I was like, hey, yeah, I think I need to go see a doctor. He's like, why? What's wrong with you? I was like. <laughs> Look at me. <laughs> Look at me. <laughs> and he's like, well, go to sick call. I was like, so I went to sick call. They couldn't figure it out. Um, they're going to do some, did some tests. They said, come back. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, I said, hey, I'm supposed to go to JRTC next week. He's like, you're not going anywhere, dude. Yeah. So I go back and I tell my team, sorry, like, hey, the doctor said I can't go anywhere. He's like, you fucking pussy. Yeah. I mean, this is like my second day on the team. I was like, yeah. all right. The funny thing is, <laughs> the funny, funny thing for me, and at the moment, so Lancero taught me that nothing ever was going to be as bad as that. Yeah. I mean, in some, in some ways, even combat. Cause I, I was just like, I, I had no control over anything yeah. and, and I, and I didn't know what was going on. And even in combat, I, I know what's going on and I have control over a lot. And so when I went after that, I had a whole new perspective 
Yeah. Um, I mean, I kind of did what I wanted to come in the army. I probably could have quit right then and been fulfilled. You know, I, yeah. I, I, I tested myself. Passed the, passed the <laughs> That's test right. for sure. And so, and fun, one, one, the white guy actually quit. The other white guy, oh, wow. the American, he quit. And, uh, and, and he tried to go back a couple times because it, yeah. hurt, it hurt him. He was scuba qualified. He was yeah. a ranger battalion guy, ranger yeah. tabbed. He went to Desert Storm. He was, he was at the top of his game, and he couldn't put up with the bullshit. Okay. And one time, uh, some guy, because he was just an asshole too, to the, to the, other, to the, uh, to the Colombians, and one guy, uh, you know, came up to him and started yelling at him, and mm -hmm. he asked uh, one of the Americans what he said. He's like, he said he's going to fucking kill you. And, he, yeah. and the guy's like, you're going to kill me? And they're like, la, 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 la. And he had his gun. It wasn't loaded. But right. he had his gun. It's like, la, 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 la. But he was pointing it at him. Yeah. And so the American, who was a six-foot-three big guy, grabbed the gun away from him, like got out of his hands, and smacked him over the head with it, right? <laughs> Holy shit. And, yeah. then, and then, he, then, he, then he sat down, and he thought he was going to get thrown out. Yeah. But that's not a throw-out offense in Terrell's <laughs> school. They just come over and like, stop hitting your student, fellow students with their ri own rifles. You know? <laughs> and the guy's like crying, like, ah! <laughs> and uh, this is the guy that that beat the shit out of the, the guy. Right. He just had a very poor attitude for the, for all the things. And as a result, people didn't treat him well, and he didn't treat them well, and it was kind right. of mutual, right? So he thought he was going to get thrown out, so he kind of given up at that point. And then he didn't get thrown out, and they were like, no, why would we throw you out? Wow. And then uh, he, uh, we, were on, we, were in, we got infilled to the mountains, and he was a squad leader, and he had set up his squad. Perfect. Ranger yeah. school. Like, hey, these are your, this is your right limit, left, left yeah. limit, camouflage, you know, everything. Next morning, the instructors come by, and his guys are just fucking eating right in their spot, and trash is everywhere. Oh, and they fucking, they fucking, they fucking bitched him out, right? Yeah. And then when the instructor went away, he just beat the fuck out of him with their helmets. <laughs> he took their helmets like, motherfucker, I told you. I told you. <laughs> and, then, and, then he, and then he said, I fucking quit. And he put yeah. his backpack on, he walked off into the jungle. No Shit. way. Yeah. And so we watched him, <laughs> and then we're yeah. like, we should probably tell somebody. <laughs> and uh, so we told the so the instructors freaked out. Yeah. And they grabbed it, grabbed the grabbed the Colombian guy yeah. who was like kind of friends with everybody because he was Colombian American. You know, he yeah. was the he was the golden child. And uh, and a bunch of them they went looking for him. And as they were walking out of the perimeter, he walked back in because he realized he was lost. It was probably stupid to walk out. Right. And they said, hey, we're. He's like, I quit. And they're like, okay, we're gonna call a truck. Yeah. So this is this is the difference between Ranger School and Lancero School. You call a truck, it comes in six hours. You want to get yeah. a medevac, you get bit by a snake, six hours. Yeah. You know, you, you know, you get bit by electric eel, six hours. You know, whatever. So that's the that's always in the back of an American's mind. Yeah. Like uh, if I anything happens to me, it's six hours on a truck. Yeah. And then I have to get out get on the truck. It's got to take me out. So uh, he's sitting over there, and then we had another guy that just hated him because of his attitude. And when he heard that he walked out, he just lost it. And he stormed down the 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 uh, middle of the patrol bases on a hill. Uh -huh. And he stormed down the hill and he's taking off his LC. They were both big guys, six foot yeah. four guys, had a lot of experience, ex-rangers, you know, yeah. SF. And uh, he's like, you motherfucker, I tackled him. Yeah. And, then, and then it's like UFC before UFC. Yeah. And it was like UFC and like, all the old Sears stuff, like, oh, no, no, yeah. you know, all that, you know, <laughs> yeah, all that, finger hooks all and, the finger hooks yeah. and, and everything you learned in Sears school that you could do when you're, you know, you're almost dead from exhaustion, they're yeah. doing. And finally, the white guy uh, chokes out the other guy, the, yeah. the, 
bad guy wins, right? Yeah. Because we're all because because the instructor's like we were gonna, the other Americans like, hey, should we stop him? And the instructor's like, let's see how this plays out. <laughs> and, 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 then, and then of course, and then of course, the, the American the American that didn't quit gets choked gets choked out, and they're like, yeah. okay, okay, that's enough. Yeah. And so he's like, <sighs> and and then and then they the you know the other guy's all breathing hard, and he backs up. The other guy wakes up. He's like, you mother, <laughs> tackle again, right? Yeah. And, like, ah. and, and, then, and then it's like, and then they got choked out again. This yeah. is before choking was a thing. We didn't, I mean, it must have been by accident because no, sure. no one knew how to do that back then. And, um, and then he gets choked out again and like, and the instructor's like, damn it. Okay, that's over. It's over. Yeah. We're going to separate him for good now. And yeah. then the, he went home. He went home. And for wow. the rest of his career, he tried to go back to Lancero School because he wanted to redeem himself. Yeah. He couldn't. He, the one would let him go. They, he didn't embarrass his country. I mean, we, yeah. the, the, the instructor, American instructor, sat down and was like, you, you are representing the United States, 7th Special Forces Group, and if you quit, you're yeah. embarrassing us. You can't quit. And he's like, I quit. Fuck it. And so he quit. And so he never was allowed to go back. It, yeah. it, 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 it hit his brain so bad. Yeah. And um, he retired as an E7. He never got promoted. Uh, wow. uh, I mean, I think he... I don't think he was E7 when he got there, but he never got promoted past E7. In fact, yeah. I eventually passed him and uh, was in charge of him on wow. a B team one day. And uh, he's just he was just a mess. And uh, he he refused to retire because he lost his security clearance over. He used to be a instructor at school school. Mm -hmm. and he lost his security clearance for some something. I don't maybe it wasn't bullshit. Yeah. Who knows? And uh, he was trying to get it back, but they wouldn't let him reenlist. Right. Without. He had 20-some years, but they wouldn't let him stay in. And if he didn't have a security clearance in SF, they were going to move him to a conventional yeah. A2nd or something. He's like, fuck you guys. So he didn't even retire. Wow. He just ets from the Army with 20 years in. Oh, my god! Really? I didn't know that was an option. I didn't know it was an option either. But so he, uh, so I'm in Afghanistan like 10 years later, and uh, he's in my chow hall yeah. in JBAD. And I'm like, who the fuck's, what the fuck you doing, Bri? Yeah. Where, how did you get here? He's like, oh, I work for Dynacore. I'm one of their medics. And I was like, I was like, oh, okay. Why are you on my, why are you on my fire base? How did you get yeah. in here? He's like, your guys let me in. He's like, I'll have to fix that. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I, mean, I should know at least, right? Yeah. And uh, so I was like, so what's going on? And he's like, nothing. And, nah, nah, nah. and so he leaves. He made a bunch of money with Dynacore. Yeah. And then. The, you know we're jumping way ahead now, but I, I my one of my last one of my jobs in the last ten years was I worked in the embassy in in Colombia, okay, as the senior senior uh, NC, senior senior non commissioned officer for the mill group commander and also the security guy, and um, the guy there he found out I was Lancero. I, I was this goes into did this benefit me? It benefits me yeah. like fifteen years down the line. Before that, everyone just made fun of me, mm -hmm. like <laughs> Lancero idiot. Yeah, you know? and that became my kind of thing. Every time something was stupid in the army, I was like, "That sounds very." Did Lancero. you wear the scroll? No, I I could only wear the badge when we went to Colombia. Okay. okay, so they would know I was a, I was a Lancero because it gave me it gave me a lot of pull in Colombia. Sure. Like I went through your course. Yeah, I I, just, I understand your course. I understand right. I understand your mission. Well, that was what it came down to. I had to mentor my guys, like, hey, when you tell them to double tap. Don't tell them to double tap. I was like, well, they got to learn our way. I was like, no, it's against their law. So right. you don't teach them to double tap. If they're, if they're commanders and people in charge of them, tell them to do that. That's something different. But we right. can't teach them that. And it's like, well, that's our way. I was like, 
stop it. It's not yeah. legal, and you don't want to. They're gonna. You're gonna get them in trouble. Americans yeah. are gonna get us in trouble too. Americans taught us. You know, yeah, let's exactly. not do. Let's not do that. And there's just all their tactics. You know, hey, this is the way they do stuff, and we need to either change their tactics or better yet, take their tactics and tweak them a little bit so they make sense tactically, and they're still using their tactics, right. or whatever. So that's where they came in handy later on. But anyway, so this guy, so I. Uh, I'm talking to the Army mission chief, and he's like, Lancero, yeah, like, um, there was this, uh, so I send, out of Afghanistan, where I yeah. see this guy, I got a brand new 18 x-ray, he's a, Char he's a Charlie, but he's an x-ray when he came in, and he became a Charlie, yeah. Yeah. great kid, great kid, and uh, he, he, he was like my star x-ray, just super motivated, super smart, he, he used to, <laughs> he used to be an a ice skating champion, Wow. Doubles. Yeah, that's what I said. Wow. When, when I was when I was interviewing him for but the But I job. bet he was fit as fuck. He was fit as fuck. He yeah. was he became uh, a, a CrossFit star. Yeah. He did. Uh, and uh, he owned, ended up owning a gym for a while too in Columbia actually. Wow. But uh but you know, he's I was like, So hey, tell me about yourself. He's like, Yeah, I won the uh gold in uh, you know <laughs> <laughs> doubles uh I was like 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 Blades of Glory kind of? What are yeah. we talking about here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, so he was a great guy. And uh, and he said his promotion, his E6 promotion board was yeah. there. The team did the promotion board. They said, hey, we're going to delegate it down to you. So you're going to, yeah, you're going to be the president of the board, blah, yeah. blah, blah. So we had a really hard board, like, like useful shit, not the normal right. shit. We did the normal shit because we were required to, but, but it was like, hey, can you drink your own urine when you're in a survival situation? Right. And he's like, I, um, yes. I was like, well, there's a bottle of urine under your desk, under your chair right now. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, uh, this, I don't think this is a survival situation. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, useful stuff like that. Yeah. And, um, useful stuff. <laughs> and, uh, and, um, so, he, he goes, he, I was like, well, what, what is your, what is your next five years look for you? He's like, I want to be just like you, Sergeant. I was like, you want to go to Lancero school? He's like, he didn't know what the fuck Lancero school yeah. He's like, absolutely. I was like, great. I'm going to put you on the list. He's like, good. I want to go. <laughs> and so, so, so he gets out of Afghanistan. Yeah. And a month later he's in Lancero school. Oh my God. And I went down to his graduation and uh, he, he's like, I hate you. <laughs> and, 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 but, the, but this guy, yeah. this, this guy, this really emaciated guy, because this guy's like 45, 48. Oh, holy shit. He runs out of the, the, he runs out of the formation. He's like, Randy. And it was this guy, the guy that, that quit. The quitter. The quitter. Yeah. And I was like, holy fuck, Brian. How did you? He's like, yeah, I finally got it. And we didn't get to talk. Wait, wait. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, no, so many questions, right? So many questions. So many questions. So I didn't get to talk to him anymore after that. And I and it was always a question, right? So after that, after that mission, because I actually had a mission in Colombia then, and then I then I went and worked in the embassy for four years. And while I was there, the mission chief, the army mission chief's like, you know, last year, uh, this guy, this this specialist from the National Guard. <laughs> He, he, Twenty he, years. He joined the National Guard. Yeah. Because he never he, he never retired. Oh shit. And he and he, he probably was he out so he long. He, he didn't show his, his records. He, yeah. he they had him as a specialist. Oh man. And he and he wrote the oh. he wrote an email to the embassy and said, Hey, I want to go to Lancero School. I know they have a class in September. Can I go? And I have uh, you know, do you need some stuff for my? They'll say they'll tell you I'm fit and everything. And yeah. so they said yeah. And so he went. He paid his own way. 
with his Dynacore money because his unit wasn't going to pay. Holy shit. Get his own way and went when he was like, whatever, 45, 46, 48. That's, and he and, made it. And he made it. That's the nuttiest thing I've ever heard <laughs> of anybody doing on purpose. <laughs> Even nuttier than putting sand in your shorts and trying to prepare for buds? Oh, yeah, yes. that, was a, that was an hilarious <laughs> yes. one. But holy cow. Okay. So it wasn't that this guy... I have got, so many questions. Yeah, it wasn't that he, he, he got busted down to E4 because he stayed down out so long, and so no. he was an E7. And no. He basically faked his way in yeah. for the sole purpose right. of getting back down there. There you go. Holy wow. cow. Where, what do you That's creative. I don't know. I have, no, I don't. Obviously, you're right. It jacked with his head. <laughs> Had to have jacked with his I, head so bad. I don't know. It's a chicken and egg thing, right? <laughs> like, did Lantero school mess him up, or was he... On the verge before. No, the fact that he he oh, it jacked him up so bad that he had to go. He He didn't want to end his life being a quitter. Basically, it messed him up. Yeah. So bad that he would lie, cheat, steal, do whatever was necessary to get back down there. Who wants to be a specialist in the National Guard after you've had a career in (laughs) SF? Well, he probably got out after that. He'd done what he needed. Yeah, I I imagine he did. That's amazing. I'm kind of speechless. Didn't show up for a drill. Asked to go ahead (laughs) and. You know, paid his own way to Lance Aero School. Did, did <laughs> so many questions? Did he have like professional repercussions for for quitting that school? Or did it affect I, him? I don't know if there. I don't know. Or? I don't know. So he's he was a, always a little off kilter, right? And so, I mean, there's like he, so I'm an E8 right. in charge of the B team, and he's under me now. Weird, right? <laughs> um, I was like, hey, Brian, I want you to do this because. You work for me now. Yeah. And uh, one of the things is we were burning manuals, like old manuals that we had, right? And this is a senior E7 that's been in group for, for he's been a ranger. He's been in group for at least yeah. 15 years, right? And he failed Lance Air School, so this may be why this happened. But yeah. he's supposed to be burning the manuals in a 55-gallon drum down outside or something, right? Right. You know, use your common sense. <laughs> he comes running in and comes running by my B team door. I'm like, what the fuck? And then he comes running back with a fire extinguisher. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on? Well, he, he did it too close to the dumpster yeah. and the wind picked up and caught the dumpster on fire. And then that dumpster too. And so I walk outside. I'm like, what the fuck? And he's like, <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> fucking someone call the fucking fire department. And I walk over. He's like, what the, what the fuck dude? He's like, <laughs> And then, of course, the command sergeant major of the battalion walks out and is like, "What's, what's going on, guys?" Yeah, <laughs> why are you burning the dumpsters? I got, I got this sergeant major. And we're, uh, fire, fire people are all on their way. I mean, what, what are we gonna do? Oh my gosh! He's like, wow. I need to talk to you after this. I was like, "Watch that." <laughs> so you never got a chance though to wear a Lancero. So they don't have a. They don't have a tab. Well, why have I seen photos then of some guys that, you know, wearing like a Tower of Power and it's on there? But but American wearing a Tower of Power with a Lancero badge? Where are you going to put it? And it's not authorized. The the Distinctivo is only authorized with your Class A's. It's good that you said that because there are guys that post the photos and everybody's like, what is that? And everything. So that's the same as the sniper tab. But but the same thing. But if if they're in Colombia, if they're going to an event with Colombians, you can get authorization. I mean, I don't know how legal so it they, is, but, but they but don't have one. I don't, I don't think they have a tab. I, I think they, they have some insignia with the tab. But I don't 
feel like they wear it, but I could be wrong. I'm going to Google but, that. But it's right only now. the Distinctivo that we're allowed to walk okay, there. Okay. I, have, I, have I have a document that says yeah. it allows me to wear it with my ASUs or my Class A's back yeah. All right, the same as like a unit for, citation. Like, it goes, foreign in, jump it goes wings. foreign jump wings. The same thing as foreign jump wings. Okay. That makes perfect hmm. sense. So, um, all right. So, so what I, happens after you go back? And so I go back and I, rec- I, I mean, my team is teaching me like shit because I missed JRTC and JRTC sucks. I never went to yeah. JRTC in my whole career. I just, I always, awesome. I always missed it. Um, so miss anything. So yeah, I know. So they went there and did it. And before they left, uh, as I, I, I said, you know, I always knew that I would need a college education before I got out. So I said, hey, I went to my team leader and I said, hey, I'd like to take some college while you guys are away to JRTC. I didn't think it was a bad thing. I was dying. Yeah. And uh, he signed off on it, right? Right. So I went to, I started going to college and, uh, and I was getting better. And when they came back, I was better. And they're like, you faker. And I was like, yeah. okay, whatever. And then, uh, and because I didn't go to JRTC and I was a faker, I, my first team experience those two years was horrible. Yeah. Horrible leadership, um, especially in the team sergeant arena. It was just not my my most my favorite time ever. Um, but um, I uh, and my team didn't talk to me for a year. Whoa! Wow! Uh, I'll tell you why in a minute. What what they're why they said it. They weren't very mature. But other than that, I'll tell you why they why they didn't talk to me. But um, so basically, I went around, went around my day my my day with no no communication except for my team sergeant maybe and my team leader right. but the rest of the team was kind of to give me the cold shoulder for a lot of it and uh um so uh i what was the question i'm sorry wrong. we're talking about your your team wouldn't speak to you oh yeah. yeah well so they didn't speak to me and then we went to a uh we went to um fort pickett and they went out drinking and I was a designated driver for the van. Right. And they're like, you're pretty cool. And so, and I'm like, what the fuck? It's like, well, you, you went to Lancero school and Sierra school. I mean, you shouldn't go to that right when you get to group. I was like, so you're holding against me that I went to the two shittiest yeah. schools in the fucking yeah. world. Uh, and I, and I volunteered to go to them, which you guys could volunteer to go and you can volunteer to go to Sierra school. None of you yeah. guys had, this is before Sierra school was a requirement. It's like any of you guys can vol- volunteer to go to Sierra school, just like I did. Yeah. He's like, well, but we got stuff to do. And I was like, and I'm sorry, none of you qualify for ranger school because you have to have a ranger tab and a two, two, a two plus two plus in Spanish. And none of you have both of those. Right. So why are you holding that against me? Would you rather no one go? It's like, well, yeah, you shouldn't go because you're a new guy. You need to do your time. Yeah. I was like, I did my time in the rangers. So why would you going to hold that against me? And, and they're like, well, you need to do your time in group. I was like, that's silly. And the fact that you yeah. guys are immature and silly like that makes you silly. Yeah. Uh, so you had to have two plus two plus two for language. Lancero school on in Spanish, and you had to be ranger qualified to go to Lancero school. Right. Okay. But that was that was then. the unofficial like requirement. Oh, okay. I mean, so I you could you could put in for it, but you're probably not going to get it. If right. You don't you'd have be, those well, two criteria. Other people would you be accept? I mean, only so many people could go a year, and right. so they they had to prioritize it. We never okay. had enough. I mean, I think. There was like ten or twelve that went one year, but yeah. I don't know what the limit was. The limit mm. was probably wasn't there probably wasn't a limit. There probably yeah. was just like, do we want to send twelve Americans down here to get yeah. their asses beat? I don't know. Yeah, do we need twelve guys coming back, <laughs> forty pounds underweight, parasites <laughs> and shit? Does anybody outside of seventh go down? Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, there's a uh, <laughs> funny story. I was in the I went to the so after my two years in this my unhappy team's time, uh, I said, you know, I'm a I'm better than this team. I'm going to apply for best ranger yeah. and I'm also going to apply to go to the, back to the med, the medic course. 
and I came back from one deployment and I had two letters of acceptance, one to go to the Ranger Challenge and one to go to the medic course and they both started on the same day. Oh, shoot. So I was like, of course you went for the best ranger. No, I, <laughs> I went to the medic course and I let my team, my, I had a partner, but we weren't really allowed to train together because we were deployed, but I let, I, we were training and I told my partner I was going to go to the medic course. Oh so man. I know I let him down, but oh. I went to the medic course and uh, while I was in the medic course in San Antonio at Fort Sam Houston, I was running a 5k around the base yeah. with my Lancero shirt on because why not? Yeah. And uh, this guy jogs up next to me. He's like, Hey, I went to Lancero school. And he was just a guy in Southcom that had heard about it really? and volunteered to go. And they authorized him to go, and he went, and he passed. Wow. wow. Okay. Just a regular Army guy. Just you regular, go? Regular Army wow. guy. Wow. He, he was an officer, so maybe yeah. better than a regular Army guy. Yeah, much better. <laughs> <laughs> well, I well, mean. Well, that's why he knew how to do, like, the paperwork and well, stuff. Well, also, I think, I think uh, when you compare an officer with a, 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 a new enlisted person. Sure. Like, so like the guy who quit, right? When the, the, guy, the guy quit wasn't new or anything, but I think the impact of what you're doing, like yeah. as far as, you know, embarrassing the country, embarrassing South Group, embarrassing Southcom. Right. I think as an officer, you understand that better um, than, mm. than maybe. You may. Maybe. But, I, but, I, but this guy was a, I mean, I would say a new guy like me maybe wouldn't have ex- expl- understood it as much as the guy that quit because he, he was 10 years in the, in the Army and yeah. been around, so it was kind of weird. Yeah, 10 years in the Army, you should know. You're in a foreign school. Yeah. You're special operations. Yeah. You can't just up and quit. That's going to have a ripple effect. Yeah. So anyway, so. I mean, he'd already made it through scuba, ranger, you know, been a ranger yeah. battalion. Well, it wasn't the, the hardship of the school itself, you know, like that was an internal failure or he yeah. deselected himself. Yeah, he deselected himself. Yeah. And, That's, he, and he had hit people over the head with their own rifles. Yeah. Well, and their helmets. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's not so this is a well-adjusted individual <laughs> to begin with. It, it, it's probably why a lot of Rangers didn't pass the Q course. Well, you know, <laughs> yeah. there you go. No, I was 100%. actually thinking that when you were describing them going, you know, then that makes a lot of sense now. Yeah. <laughs> but... Uh, so yeah, so then I um, I applied to the medic course. I go to the medic course. I pass it. Now I'll caveat that this was the last medic course in San Antonio, and it was the last medic course for two years before they would start the next one that was going to be started up in Fort Bragg. Oh wow! So that may define how good of a medic I was to get past it. I mean, I was already tapped, so I already had preferential treatment to an extent. Right. And they may have given me a couple buys that they wouldn't have given in a normal season, probably because they were told to, not necessarily because um, that they were favoring me. I, I don't think anyone favored me that wasn't told that, hey, we're going to be a bit, little bit more lenient on these things because, right. and, or we're going to give them another try because we don't have any medics for two years. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that in my defense because I never thought I was a really good medic. I was a medic. I did good yeah. things, but there are certain things that, Pharmacology, you pharmacology, you know, maybe. but I did pass. <laughs> I did pass everything this time, yeah. and then I went. And then I had a three month break because they switched from phase thirteen. If you guys are familiar, nope. so no. there was phase one, two, three, okay, and then phase one was patrolling, like many ranger school. Okay. Phase two was the MOS, and then phase three was Robin Sage. Okay. That was the original, right? When I came in, they said, you know what? It makes sense to do, since they're going to be in Robin, they're going to be out in Camp McCall. Let's just right. do phase one patrolling and then phase three right after it. So I called it phase 13. Okay. Because one plus three is four. 
That makes sense. Um, yeah. So so <laughs> they sense. so so they would start with phase two. So yeah. as soon as you passed SFAS, you'd go straight to your your MOS phase, mm-hmm. and then you would do phase thirteen. Well, what they found out yeah. was everyone got fat and happy in MOS phase, and they were like out of shape when they got to the. So then they kind of rearranged stuff again. Yeah. But um, so because they had just switched that, all of the non-tabbers that came to the course had to now go through. They switched it back. Had now right. had to now go to phase one, uh, patrolling. Mm-hmm. I think Sear School too, maybe, and a lot of other stuff. And it, so it was a three-month break before we went to do phase two of the medical course. Okay. And I was like, what the fuck? Uh, so I, I went and drove, I drove to uh, Walt Disney and ran a marathon without any training. That was very stupid. And uh, I limped <laughs> off. I, I think I was last. I really think I was last. I think they were closing it down when I got there. And, uh, and like Tigger was there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm seriously, there was a guy named, the guy with, that dressed like Tigger. Like D.I. Double Gutter. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, and then, I, and then I was driving up to Bragg and it, there was an ice storm warning. And I still had, I knew if, I knew if I got up there, I was just going to be on the slave block, you know? Yeah. And um, so uh, I went over to Charleston and went to the Air Force Base and said, hey, I want to take a Mack flight. I don't know how to do that. Yeah. I want to take a Mack flight to Australia. And the, the, the E-4 there said, okay, well, this is okay. So tomorrow you're going to take a flight to San Antonio, the next day San Antonio to Travis in California. Then you got to wait two days, and uh, the flight goes to Australia, out of Travis. Yeah. It goes through Honolulu or goes through Hawaii uh, overnight in Hawaii, thirty-six hours, and then you'll be in Australia by the end of the week. Wow! I was like, cool. So I did that. And I went to Australia for two months on leave. On leave with a Mac flight. That's freaking awesome, man. And then uh, and then I came back on a no, Mac. Flight. No troubles getting back then. I had a little bit of trouble getting back because the flight, the plane. Uh, had some engine trouble like twice in a row and it only leaves twice a, twice a, twice a week. So I was getting close because I left two weeks early before my leave was over and I, I was already getting to under the line. In fact, I was supposed to be at a wedding, but yeah. the, the first one, the engine broke. The second one was really weird and I, I thought uh, this could be a dream. It could be real. I remember the, the Air Force stewardess person because yeah. I was asleep. And like I always am, because I'm a ranger, and anything, some, yeah. anytime something vibrates near me, I'm sleeping. Yes. And uh, so if she came over and said, "Hey, well, we lost like two of our four engines. You need to get into <laughs> crash position." I was like, yeah. "I was asleep." So then I got, went, I got into crash position, fell asleep again, and then we landed yeah. back in Australia because they went back, and then I, then I left on the next plane. Yeah. And I, as soon as I got to Travis, I just paid for a flight to Bragg because I didn't want to screw right. around anymore. That's, that's part of the pro- challenge, at least back in the day. Everybody used to do Mac flights, but that was the challenge. Could you get to your destination, but worse yet, could you get back home? Right. Yeah, yeah so that's why I left early, and it worked out for me, but I still had to dish out a little bit of money, but not as much as getting to Australia. Australia is like a $4,000 ticket or something. And you may be in yeah. someplace warm and tropical, but then you land in someplace freezing-ass cold before you have to you know, wait for the next plane. We had, and st- we had stopped in... New Zealand and Pongo Pongo, and then wow. Hawaii, and then then Travis. So that's a good that's a good trip if they're still letting people do it because of COVID. I don't know. Probably not. I've used I've used I've used it a couple times to go to Europe. I I went to Rota, Spain and back, and I went to uh, Germany and uh, Italy back and stuff. And yeah. You just gotta have the time to wait around. Yeah. Hmm. All right. So made it all the way to Sergeant Major then. I did eventually. Uh, I, you know, I was on. A t- I never went to SWIC. 
I went to the really? Met. I really think that my record showed so much time in SWIC because I went to the Meta course, failed out, went to the Bravo course, and then I went to the Meta course again which, when it was combined with ASOT. So I'd spent like, between the Meta course and ASOT, I spent like, or not ASOT, um, ANOC. Yes. I spent like two years, two, two years plus in the QQ course doing the MOS phase of, I think people just looked at it and thought I had SWIC time. Wow. But I know I was never tasked to go to SWIC. And uh, I went, I, I I'm sure that's something you weren't bringing up either. Like, hey, guys, no. I haven't gone. No, and I never did staff. So 93, okay. 93, and then I got promoted to E8 in 2000, like, four, three or four, or something like that. Um, and then, uh, so from my time, the time I got to SF, 93, until 2007, when I got my job at a group, which was to go to Columbia, I went, I deployed six to eight months a year in either yeah. South America or Afghanistan. So I was gone over okay. half a year every year. Okay. Sometimes 10 months. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Ever make the uh, A or were you just always on the B team? What's that? Always on the B team? No. <laughs> <laughs> People are going to listen to this and wonder. That's why no, I had no, to no, ask no. you. Because no, no, you as, never as, shared as, that. No, as soon as I, well, after Lancero, I went to the team. They, yeah. they didn't recognize me. So I was on the team. I went to the medic course. I came back. They said, do you have any problem with your last team? I was like, uh, I guess not. And there was it was some new people, new people in charge. Yeah. So it, it was a step up, I guess. Um, and then had some great deployments, you know, did did uh, the Columbia missions before 9/11, which was a, there was a lot of money down there doing that. Okay. And then, um, and then I went to ASOT, uh, the SO course, which was not very popular then before 9/11, right? Right. So I went kind of like right the year I think right after 9/11, I finally got a slot. Mm -hmm. And then they asked for uh, the 20th group was over doing rotation over in Afghanistan. So as soon as I got out of the course, they're like. Hey, 20th group doesn't have any level ones or level twos. Yeah. Um, they need help. Who wants to go? Well, we only have two level threes in the battalion, and I'm one yeah. of them. And they're like, okay. So they asked me to volunteer, but I'm not sure it was an ask. But I was right. I was more than willing. I, no one knew it was going to last as long as it so did. So for right? those who are sure, listening. Sure, so he wanted to jump in and go. No. Somebody doesn't know what you're talking about. Conventional so, guy, po guy. Uh, so like myself. Advanced Special Operations. Uh, it's a course that – it's a course – Mm. It's not a very uh, combat course. It's more about as kind of human intelligence course. And okay. so, so they didn't have any human intelligence what's assets. The, what's the levels? More of it's a level of training. So there's okay. so if you go to level two, you've done a three week course. If you go to level three, you've done a two and a half month course. I got you. Okay. Um, so we went over there. Uh, so I went over there to augment twentieth group. Who, of course, didn't know me and I didn't know them. So when I show up and they're like, who are you? I was like, well, I thought someone told you I was coming. <laughs> I'm here to help you with your human intelligence. It's like, we're doing fine. We don't need you. And there was a trust thing because, sure. you know, everyone was doing something maybe not correct in the beginning because no one knew what to really do, yeah. you know. And no one wanted anyone to report someone that was doing something that wasn't sure what they were doing right or wrong. <laughs> for lack of a better explanation. And so we had to, we had to work through our trust issues, but I stayed over there for about six months and, uh, and, um, came back and, uh, got promoted and, uh, took my team, argued that it was dumb if you didn't send me back to JBAD because right. I already knew all the human intelligence over there. I, I started mm -hmm. it and I knew the people, I knew all the players, I knew the mayor, the governor, I knew everybody. So if you don't send me back there, you're stupid. 
and they all said, get out of my office. And then they sent me back to JBAD with my team. So nice. that was great. Nice. So we went back to JBAD. We did that for whatever, eight months. Um, and then I went back one more time uh, to do a specific um, human intelligence mission. And then uh, I, I said, I had a, when, I took, when I took a team over, mm-hmm. I was walking in and one of my friends was leaving from his team time. I was like, where are you going? He's like, I'm going to Columbia. I was like, to work? He's like, yeah, it's like a permanent, like a PCS thing. I was like, what kind of job is that? It's like, you got to be in E8 uh, and you can work in, you work in the embassy. I was like, I got my eye on that one. Yeah. So I did my three years uh, of uh, team sergeant time and then I applied for that and I got accepted, but he extended. And, okay. that, and then, and then I went back to Afghanistan. So it's one single position. One single position, yeah. okay. E8. And it's really a kingmaker position because no, no one, until the guy that replaced me got there. No one has ever not made Sergeant Major there because mm. you're rated by a colonel and you're senior rated by the SOCOM uh, deputy commander, three-star. Okay. So, you know, as long as you Who's get to it, tell them that you're not. That's right. <laughs> long, I mean, that, that's better rating than the, the command Sergeant Major of the group. Yeah. Right. You know, so, so, uh, and it's better than the battalion Sergeant Majors, you know, for sure. And all that, I think, and your company Sergeant Majors too. So, so and I'm getting it as an E8. So it's really hard to deny that unless your your NCOs are really bad or you had some previous problems or something like that. So everyone before me had made Sergeant Major in that position and, and moved out and he hadn't picked it up yet. He extended because he, he was marrying a girl there. <clears throat> and uh, so that's when I went to Afghanistan the third time. And then when I came back, um, well, no, I went to Columbia on the last mission my team was Columbia and they sent me back early so I could move to Columbia. So that's what I did. So wow. I took that job over. That was a really great challenge. I had a lot of freedom. Everyone trusted me to do what I what it needed to be done. I was in charge of security for every but every trip that went there. I had to inspect the base, the airfield, the port, whatever you know, seals were coming, whoever's coming. I had to do those inspections to turn them up to make sure it was all official, and then brief them on like new new dangers and stuff like that. And then whenever we had like huge like like comfort would come in. Uh, right. in some crappy part of the country and I'd have to get go in there and coordinate all the security for that and stuff. So we did like, Very cool. yeah, we did like four or five humanitarian missions yeah. and it was like, I had an op center, like no one had ever done this before. And so I was like, I had an op center and I had like the outer security and inner security. I was doing all this stuff and, uh, never had any problems while I was there. And, and, but, uh, I was, I was, a, it was a heavy ass too. The ship was like, why do we need all this shit? Cause they were going to like Costa Rica and all these other places. Right. I was like, this is Columbia. This is Columbia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, you must, we must protect you. So when you went, uh, when you were stationed there, did you ever get a chance to go back up to Lancero school and yeah. So, I, so, yeah, visit? so I, I mean, the thing is the thing about Lancero school. So first of all, because I had Lancero, the commander was like, Hey, I'm going to go visit all the generals in the south of Columbia. You're coming yeah. with me, yep. and and so we walk in the room, and he would start talking to because they were buddies because he he he'd been around a while. He was the army mission chief before, so they're buddies. And then, but the whole time he's talking, the guy's looking at my chest because I, I he's like, "Put your Lancero badge on." I was like, "Okay." Yeah. So and so you know, somewhere in the conversation, he's like, "You you went to Lancero school?" And the the stackism of your yeah. Machoism is who went to Lancero school first, and right. you went to a course number or whatever. And they they don't they do they don't do it by year. They do it course one to whatever we're at now four hundred. Okay, and I went to course two hundred. And mo- unless you're a general, you probably didn't go before me. So if we met any colonels, they were like they're they were like ten or twelve classes after me. So they're like, oh, 
<laughs> and and they do the coin thing too. So I always had to bring my coin too. Okay. And then if a general was always iffy whether and then they and then they would always like who is your your head instructor and I was like yeah. he was him. I was like oh the jackal yeah he's, he's horrible. That's awesome. Yeah, I told like Lance Harrell story. So he'd always bring me for rapport. Yeah. And if I ever had to go someplace by myself, uh, you know, I'd wear it. You were the token Lancero. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and then also the Americans that would go to Lancero school, I would go down and give them like, hey, don't quit. You yeah, know, yeah. This is the, this is what you're, this is what you're, you may think you're just here to be cool and macho, yeah. but you're here representing a lot bigger things. And so that, that worked out good for these guys. So. Well, yeah. Somebody came and said something that you didn't hear at yeah, that time exactly. frame. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so fast forward a little bit. I'm the operations sergeant major for seventh group, and uh, I, uh, I I learn because I go on a trip with the deputy commander to go to visit all the teams, and while I'm down there, I learn about the best Lancero competition, and I'm oh. like I'm like oh is this new? I, I don't think it was new, but it wasn't around when I was there, so it yeah. started some I mean, Why would I know about it? You know, it's not like it's in the news or nothing. And so I, uh, I make, I reach out to my Colombian contacts because I left the embassy like a couple of years ago. So I was like, Hey, is this a thing? And they're like, Oh yeah. I was like, can I get it? Can I get an invitation for seventh group? And they're like, yeah. And it's, so it's my, I went in 93. So it's 2013. So I am yeah. 20 years. I was like, what a great PAO story. For, 43. Yeah. What? About 43 then too. Right. Cause you were 23. I think you said when you were. Yeah. Went. Yeah. So I was, so I'm in my 40s, yeah. Yeah. So what up? <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have a... All right, Randy. Yeah, we're gonna age is only a number. <laughs> we're going to have a Lancero so, so I was like... <laughs> reenactment chill, after chill this. Out, chill out, Randy. Oh, you got my back. So I was 43, and I was <laughs> like... And there wasn't a lot of Lanceros after me. I mean, there was a couple classes, but it was just become... Because after after 9-11, everyone yeah. was, was deploying who wanted to waste three months in yeah. that. Yeah. Just the guy I sent. And after that, no one, that, that was the largest class. That was like 12 or 14 people. And then after yeah. that, it twiddled down. Sometimes they didn't even have one. Um, so I said, uh, I, was, I, was, I was getting all the information. When is it? You know, I got the invitation and I showed it to the, well, the, um, the CSM was in Afghanistan. And I was like, hey, they got a best Lancero. Con- I think we should send someone, and I think it should be me. Yeah. And because you have to send two, I was like, and I'll pick someone else. Uh, we can have a tryout for my partner. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so they did not have to be Lancero. No, you have to be Lancero. No, I mean yeah. both of you. Yeah, of course. Oh, oh, okay. so you have yeah. to just like a Ranger tab. You have yeah, to have yeah, Ranger yeah. tab to go best Ranger, right? Yeah. So uh, I was like, this would be great. You know, even if we don't win, this would be great. You know, right. public affairs. You know, after twenty years coming back. I'm sure we'll we'll come and there's probably like they, they they say there's only 12 or 14 teams every year so we'll probably come in the middle somewhere but that's fine yeah. and you know 43 year old hey, we could talk about you know taking care of your troops making sure they're healthy you know stuff yeah. like that getting the right that we you can just, really sold this oh yeah I was trying to and he's like <laughs> yeah it's a great idea but let's uh, let's have a competition to see who goes so like sure no problem I, I'll take them all on yeah who, who is it <laughs> now one of the guys they chose was like a Spartan race runner dude and I saw him at a Spartan race and he kicked my ass and I know he's going to kick my ass but yeah. everyone else I was like I, I got a chance especially if we graded on the point scale I could probably yeah. do more pull ups whatever <laughs> so I was looking at the looking at the things and then uh, so there so there's only two that volunteered the, yeah. and, and then me and I was like oh I got this and he's like yeah I don't think we should send you I was like what he's like you're the operations I'm like but my actually when it starts you're switching me out you said you're switching me out you're right you're switching me out He's like, yeah, I'm switching. I was like, so I can take a little break there and 
Bestland cereal, good public affairs. Come on, this is yeah. perfect. You can't even ask for this. I mean, this doesn't happen every day. This is awesome. And he's like, no, I'm just going to send those two E8s down there. I was like, oh, the team sergeants don't have to, anything to do? But the, the guy that just got kicked out of his job, come on. Yeah. He's like, no. I was like, well, can I go down as like an alternate? I mean, what if the guy gets hurt? Yeah. You know, and because uh, that could happen in the airplane. <laughs> you know? And, uh, and, uh, oh, and so I didn't get I, to, I didn't get to go. I didn't get to go. I was really, I was really, I was really. Upset. Oh, hell, I'm building. You're building this up. And I I'm know. thinking. It wouldn't let me go. It wouldn't let me go. So what, how did those guys place? Uh, eighth. Okay. It's I, not I think, too bad, I think, right? I think it was eighth. Yeah. 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 Well, damn. Never got a chance to go through Best Land Chicago. No. And I, 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 I was, I was like. I know the contacts. I just need to find a Lancero partner over because I, I got assigned to Europe and yeah. after after group, and I was like, I don't know where I can find a partner to do it. And then I don't know if my I, I'm pretty sure I can convince my colonel to support me because they'd have to pay the travel and everything. Yeah. I was trying to figure it out, but it didn't, yeah. didn't never yeah. never played out. How long uh, till you retired? Uh, after that, mm -hmm. uh, so I retired in 2019. Okay. Oh wow. 32 years. Wow. wow, 32, that's right, God, oh, that's right, man. thinking of the math when you first came in, yeah. holy cow, Yeah, that's a long time, man. Yeah, it was close too, because right about that time is when the Star Major of the Army said, hey, Star Major's only 30 years unless you're progressing up or whatever, mm -hmm. and... But then he, cav he uh, grandfathered clause people that were like right on the cusp. Like if I, I would have had to get up like that, get out like two months later after he made that rule, so they put the little grandfather clause in there so it wouldn't okay. screw people like me, so... Wow, that's incredible. Really, 32. You don't meet very many people that's done 32. Hell, I did 20 and thought that was long enough. 32. Yeah. No, it was. Congratulations. It didn't feel that long, especially the Sergeant Major time. I was a Sergeant Major for like 10 years, and it, it, that didn't feel long. I mean, you're kind of top of the, I mean, you're yeah. reporting to a few people, but you kind of got a lot of freedom. And that was, a lot of people were like, hey, why aren't you getting out of contract work, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I don't know. I'm making six figures as a sergeant major, and yeah. I'm, at, I'm at the top of the food chain. If I yeah. get out, maybe I make a little bit more, but a lot of half, like third of my pay is tax free as it is. Yeah. So. So what did you end up doing when you did get out initially? Uh, so. So I, I got a college education finally in 2000. I got my bachelor's in history. Congratulations. Thank you. And then I went. I immediately said, "Well, I better do my master's now before I lose my." my momentum. So yeah. I, I studied international relations. Then I went as a team sergeant to Afghanistan and dropped my classes because I we were, we were in Afghanistan. Yeah. And then I got assigned to Columbia and uh, I was doing my job. And one of the guys was working with me was an Air Force guy and he was doing his master's uh, in his uh, MBA. And so I was like, ah, I'll probably get it back in this. So I, so I took the MBA. I did, I started doing his classes and then, uh, and then I was like, I hate it. I don't like this shit. I mean, I was doing well, but I was like, this is what I want to do. What am I going to do with the MBA? It's like, I want to be a writer. So why don't I just take what I want to do? So I got back from Columbia, did some research. I found, to, at the time, there, I could only find one college that had an online master's in creative writing from University of Texas in El Paso. So I applied. I sent. I had to send like 20 pages in, which I didn't have, but I wrote. And uh, they accepted me. So I, I went there. Um, here's a funny story. I, uh, I, you know, tuition assistance only paid half. So I was like, I should, actually, that was my, that was my thing, right? I was like, okay, tuition pays half. I got a family. At the time I was married. 
I was like, and I had kids coming up on college in three or four years. And I was like, if I can find a scholarship, I'll, I'll do it. Otherwise I'll figure something else out. And, uh, I, I, you know, it's hard to find a scholarship for someone who makes a lot of money on paper and is not a, you know, not eligible for a lot of scholarships. Uh, so, uh, but Mensa doesn't care. Doesn't care how much money you make. Doesn't care what ethnic background you are. Doesn't care if you're male or female. Doesn't care. Mensa only cares if you're smart. So they have a scholarship program for people who aren't part of Mensa. Probably to suck them into being Mensa. Okay. Um, and you write an essay, and it's every January. So anyone who has kids out there, they can enter this contest. Um, and uh, I, you, you can earn anywhere from 500 to 5,000. They have like 40 or 50 different scholarships at different levels, like regional, local, and uh, national. And uh, so I, I did it. I wrote... Uh, essay. So 90% of the essay is based on grammar, punctuation, and organization. And 10% is content, is what it said, if I remember correctly. And I wrote an essay about how I wanted to use my degree, my writing degree. It was creative writing, but I wanted to use my writing degree to counter um, human trafficking. Because I'd seen a lot of that in my, my experiences around the world. And I thought that that was something I could do. And I felt I had... I felt that I needed three things. I needed awareness of the environment, which I felt I had. I needed, <clears throat> I needed a kind of a, a, you know ability to to be defend myself or whatever. I don't know. I don't know how I articulate it. Right. The third one is I needed to articulate it because I needed to inform other people, and and so that's why I wanted this writing degree. And I wrote that. I won. And so six months after I wrote it, I got this big envelope from Mensa, and it came in June. And I opened it up, and I won the national award for five thousand dollars. Nice. Wow. I was like, I won. Very cool. So I go to my wife, who was Colombian at the time, and I said, I won the national Mensa award. Well, Mensa means uh, mentally challenged girl in Colombian Spanish, and uh, that's hilarious. And she's like, Why would you take money from the men- <laughs> from the from the mentally challenged girls association? Because she never heard of Mensa. Yeah. And I was like, What are you talking about? And then. Her and my stepdaughter, who was uh, 16, would make fun of me for like a week of that I was taking my, because I thought it, I was really proud of myself. And no, yeah. no one, and I think I was on leave or a pass or something. So they made fun of me for like a, like a week and talked about it in front of people. Like, and then he took money from the Retarded Girl Foundation or whatever. <laughs> and I was just like, and I called my commander. And I was like, hey, I just won the Mensa scholarship. Like, that's freaking awesome. I was like, right, it is. It's awesome, yeah. right? <laughs> So I always, I always, I always uh, tell people about this so they can apply for it, especially their kids. I mean, yeah. so I had to go pick up the uh, Mensa check, the big Mensa check at the mm-hmm. local cool. Mensa association, and they so they contacted me and, and the guy in charge of it's a, a ranger school guy, like who taught at ranger school back in the day, and Dave. And um, so I went over there and you know I got the check and everything, and and uh, and uh, they have. Like local checks, they have like five hundred, one thousand dollars scholarships, but yeah. some of them didn't even get paid out because no one, not enough people applied. Oh wow! So the local, the local, I, I, I skim, I, I went through the local pretty easily. Then they go regional, and then they send it to the national. So mm. they take the best of the best, and then go. So that's that's the, the line that goes. But this goes to show you that you know apply for all the scholarships you can because some of them don't get fulfilled. And I, I know this for a fact because when I was in Africom, uh, when I was down in Italy, Vicenza, at the end of my career. I was uh, kind of the judge 
for the school, the high school scholarships, the in the Sergeant Major Association was giving out two five hundred dollar high school high school scholarships, and no one applied. Wow! And then when we asked, when we when we did a last minute with the counselors, like, hey, we got these scholarships. Can you ask someone to apply? You know, the the requirement is where they had to be an NCO's kid, and so these warrant officer and officer kids applied, and like, where are all the NCO kids? Wow! So, but um, yeah, so. Uh, so uh, so then I got my I got my creative writing in two thousand I, I finished it off in two thousand eighteen like right before I, I I retired, and uh, I was in the middle of a divorce and I hiked across Spain, on the Camino de Santiago. Yeah, mm-hmm. we've yeah. had somebody on the podcast yep. talk about that. Yeah, five hundred miles, um, stay in hostels, walk like twenty miles a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't walk with forty pounds like I did. Um, yeah, for the first three or four days, and then I. Took, I said, okay, what am I not using? That, 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 that. And then I hired a taxi to take it to the end where I picked it up, and I had about a little bit under 20 pounds, just one change of clothes. Cause yeah. So I did that. I met my current girlfriend, who's a Hungarian. Um, and, uh, she was doing it as well? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I Very meet cool. so many people on there. It's so cool. I got so many people on there. It's crazy stories. I got a whole other podcast on that. Um, and then... Uh, I, uh, I, I was, when I wrote my thesis, I, I was listening to Brandy, her, she, she mm-hmm. got a writing degree and she mm-hmm. wrote a thesis. It took me two years to write my thesis too. It's not supposed to take two years, but I was just like, God damn. <laughs> and I wrote a story about Afghanistan, about the first female Green Beret and she gets deployed to Afghanistan and her father got killed in Afghanistan. So that's, that was my book. I that's guess. a true story. No. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> well, maybe. I don't know. No, <laughs> no, no, it's obviously not true because okay. the first green, female Green Beret hadn't graduated by then. Okay. This, this gotcha. is back, yeah. So, so uh, I, I, um, I wrote it, and it was like fucking 350 pages. And uh, after about a year and a half, I told the guy, I was like, hey, how long does this thing have to be? Yeah. And he's like, because all my peers, like just like she did, right? She wrote short stories about her life yeah. all through the course. Yeah. And then she combined them into like a, a, book. Sh- a group, a book of short stories or yeah. a book of connecting stories. That's what the, everyone else did. And I don't know if they had forward knowledge, kind of like Lance Zero. I didn't know what was going on the whole time or what. <laughs> but basically, I, this, I, this I, was in America. So you should yeah. be able to speak I, the I, language. I, did, I didn't understand that <laughs> everyone was writing towards their final project. And I started a whole new book. Yeah. And, uh, and I was like, so I got three, I, I got like 250 pages and everyone else has written a 50 page po- book of poetry. And they yeah. all, and he's like, can I just stop? And he's like, you have to have a beginning, middle and end. Do you have a beginning, middle and end? It's like, no, I'm in the middle. <laughs> and he's like, well, you got to finish it. You know, yeah. can I say the end? And he's like, no. <laughs> and so, and so I was listening to this podcast called story grid mm-hmm. and, uh, and it was, uh, it was just a really good tool method for writing stories, and it made a lot of sense to me. And uh, so I, I bought the book. Um, I was in I was in Nigeria at the time, uh, and uh, doing some uh, support work down there. And uh, and I I bought the book, and I and I was and I was reading the book, and I wrote the last hundred pages in like a week using this story good method. Um, and I was like, great, I finished, and I turned it in, and then. Um, and then I passed it. I don't know why you have to defend a thesis in creative writing. Because yeah, right. you wrote it, right? So what are they going to ask you? It's not like you're defining, defending your science project or your right. engineering project or what are, right. what are we doing here? So I got four guys that read my book last weekend. 
and they're going to ask me like, what was your think character thinking when he did this? And I was like, I know, I, I know exactly what he's thinking. Cause I made the character, <laughs> you know, it's just really, I, didn't, I don't get it. But anyway, and, and all my peers were like super like, Oh my God, I'm so worried about it. I was like, what are you, I, does anyone die doing this? Yeah. You know, <laughs> go back to Lance Cyril. Everything goes back to Lance Cyril. Do you have to fight a snake? You have to fight a snake. You have to fight a snake. Eel? Yeah. So, so, uh, so I, I passed that and everyone was very happy. And they're like, you know, the last hundred pages were the best. I was like, that's awesome. So, so then I got an email cause I signed up for their email and I said, Hey, we're having a, an editor certification class in February. And that's when I was on my permissive TDY. And I said, I think I want to do that. It was pretty expensive, but I had some uh, transition leave, so I did it. I went. I had to fly to Nashville. I, I did it. I did the whole course, and I didn't really read what it was. It was a. Uh, it was I'm an sensing editor, a pattern. It, there, there definitely a pattern is a pattern here. here. It was an editor certification course. I just wanted to learn how to write better, and I figured. I mean, I kind of read what it was, but what I wanted was the knowledge. Mm -hmm. I didn't want the certification, but in the course they. They also walked me through like, hey, once you get through this course, you're part of our cohort and we will we're going to give courses on this online and in person. And we're going to involve you because you've been trained by us and you know our method because we blessed off on it because there was like three months of homework after the course that we had to turn in. And uh, and and we're going to give you support whenever you have a problem. You could, we want you to start your editing business. And when we get people that that we have tons of followers on our podcast and, and all this stuff. And when people ask us, which they always do, hey, can I get a story grid editor? Because I want it, I, I believe in this method. Then we refer them to you. And I, I, I got reference, I got five to 12 references from them every year. That's what I started. Now I get a lot more from other venues, but initially that's what, where they were coming from. And um, they said, so they taught you how to be an editor. They taught you how to set up your whole business. And uh, they had yeah. support. Hey, I have a problem with this client, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, this guy has 30 years in the editing publishing business. So he's like, yeah, let me tell you. And you know, I, I got direct contact with that guy. I'm like, hey, the guy who wrote the book, the guy who invented this whole thing. Yeah. Hey, I have a problem with this. I understand. Well, I got this story that I don't know how to fix. And he's like, he'll, he'll be on the call for you half an hour, hour, anytime you want. Wow. And, um, That's cool. And so I started doing that. Uh, when I got out, I got out in June of 2019. And... Um, at the end of the year, I'd made like whatever, $8,000. I was like, well, I can't live off that. I mean, I can, but I have retirement and some VA money, but I'd like to make more than that. So I had a friend when I got out who worked for the VA, uh, worked for Booz Allen, uh, who yep. was doing the VA contract, the counselor contract. So they said, hey, I'd like you to be my deputy. I was like, sure. So I go to that, I become a VA benefits advisor. Um, I'm supposed to work, I'm supposed to be deputy for all of Europe and out of Germany. And I worked from home. And, uh, so I said, cool. She works in Italy. I work in Germany. And then, uh, I go to the course. I'm pretty sure I caught COVID in the course because the whole course got sick. All 40 people were sick in some form. And two of the instructors were so sick. They had to switch them out because they went home and, oh my gosh. and three of five of the students like never left their hotel room and had to do the, the tests later on and stuff. Oh. So I'm pretty sure it was you know, pre-COVID. And then I went on a cruise with my girlfriend in the end of February. When I came back, there's no internet on the cruise. I came back and it was like the zombie apocalypse. I mean, for Europe, because wow. I started getting all these dings. We were supposed to fly into Milan on yeah. March 1st, right when like Italy was closing down. Yeah. And we hadn't heard about any of the stuff that was going on. And they were like, American Airlines, like, hey, you can, you can change your flight or cancel the flight. It's okay. We're not going to charge anything. I was like, well, I don't want to do that. And yeah. then we were reading all this stuff 
I said, we should probably get some masks. Where would we get masks? So we went to like CVS. I'm like, hey, you yeah. got any face masks? Like, why? For what? Like surgical masks? Like they have in Europe because everyone's dying? He's like, no. Because this is before COVID yeah. like hit us hard, right? And I'm like, okay, I guess it's not that big of a deal. So we get in the plane, 20% capacity, if that. Like wow. we had like all kinds of seats. I'm like, whatever. Get to the airport, ghost town. No one there. It's, it's uh, fashion week in Milan. Ghost town, tumbleweeds wow. in the streets. I'm in like a, a Hilton hotel in the middle of the city that should be packed. There's 10 people staying there and two people working there and no buffet. <laughs> yeah. Like no buffet for you, coffee. And don't touch it, don't touch me. Uh, so everyone's taking it pretty seriously. We get to the uh, airport, fly to Romania and my girlfriend swears that the uh, barista coughed on her and that's where she got COVID. Yeah. Uh, so we get there, we get off the plane in Romania and they're all in like DEFCON 20, you know, yeah. AIDS, you know, Ebola virus, you know, yeah. spaceship, Plastic lost in space and stuff. stuff. And the first time I ever saw a fever gun, they're like, come over here. And they're like, what is going on? <laughs> they're like, you're all in quarantine for three weeks. Don't leave your house. We're going to call you every day. If you don't, we'll, we'll, we'll execute you basically. I don't know. Yeah. And so we get quarantined <laughs> for three weeks. I'm supposed to move to Germany for my job. So I call my boss. I'm like, I can't. I'm quarantined. They're like, okay. Tell us when you're out of quarantine. Well, by the time I was out of quarantine, they locked the borders down in Germany. They locked the yeah. borders down in Romania. No one was going anywhere. The, the airport was closed. So I called back. I was like, hey, I'm stuck here. They're like, okay, we'll figure it out. So I worked remotely. They did VA, VA counseling remotely for that year. And I, I worked out of Romania. I didn't have to move to Germany. Wow. And I was the deputy for, um, I don't know, like 10, not eight or 10 counselors Spain, uh, Germany, Italy, and the UK. And uh, I learned a lot about benefits. And that's kind of yeah. why I like taking the job because it's so complicated when you get out, right? You don't, right. You don't mm -hmm. know. And you know what? You know why, the, you know why it's complicated? This may, hopefully this will help people who are listening to this. It's complicated because the questions you have cross over out of VA, like into DOD, and into other aspect, aspects. Like when you talk about health insurance, well, you got VA and you got TRICARE, right? right? And they complement each other. But VA is not allowed to talk about TRICARE and TRICARE is not allowed to talk to VA. So really? the only person you can talk to is someone who's actually experiencing it or, or worked in both the arenas or qu quit one and understands the other, kind of like me right now. But basically, how, if people are like, hey, I get, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna get VA, yeah. do blah, blah, blah. You don't even know if you're gonna get VA healthcare until you, know, you get your rating two or three yeah. weeks after you get out or whatever, or five yeah. months, depending on how long it takes, right? So how do you integrate the two? And, and who can answer those questions? Well, the VA, the counselors aren't even allowed to, to tell you about TRICARE. Why is to, that? Because they're not experts in TRICARE. Okay. So they say, they refer you to the TRICARE line. Okay. And then when they, but if you want to know how they complement each other, same thing with health, health, with life insurance, right? Mm -hmm. You got the VGLI, which may be, not be the right thing for everyone because it's, VGLI is made for someone who probably can't get life insurance because of something they they got cancer before they got out, they right. have some pre, pre, predisposed disease or injury, and so they probably won't get it. So they get this VGLI, and they're probably it's probably made for someone who's not going to live for very long, unfortunately. So you have this VGLI where you can get all this insurance, and they can't turn you down. And then you have to pay. It's competitive when you're 40, maybe 50, but when you get to be 60, 70, 80, it's not as competitive, and it gets to be a lot of money, and no one expects you to hold it that long. So you, okay. you actually want to combine it with, you know, a, a USA or, you know, another a life insurance policy and or, you know, 
there's a lot of other options, but you can't, and the SBA, do you want to do that or do you want to buy a life insurance policy because you're paying, you know, whatever, 6% 6 of your, you know, I was paying like $600 a month for my, out of my retirement for the SBA, but I can get a, you know, 150 or $200,000 life insurance policy for 150 a month for the rest of my life, whole life. So what makes sense for everyone's different, right? And it yeah. depends on your personal situation, how many dependents you have and all that stuff and when they're going to graduate and whether they're going to need your help after, you know, in five years or not. This is like a whole nother podcast. It right? is. It is. But it's, it's super important. And I'm working, I just, I, I'm working on a book, but, um, to just to get it out there and put it on Kindle Unlimited. So, Hey, yeah. This is what you need to think it's about. It's needed. It is because it's. I'm listening to this and I'm thinking, well, I've got BGLI. It's five or it's five. It's five different things all mixed together, and no one can, no one's authorized to tell you the whole deal because they're not experts in the other one. It's not their fault. They've been told right. not to do it. They may know something about it, but they may not give you the right information because right. they're not the experts in that. Right. So it's just. So that's your project now is. Is to try to. I I I have friends that refer me to to other friends of theirs all the time and i yeah. try to explain all this stuff and disability is just another whole you know podcast about yeah that there's tons of podcasts about that that but it's just you know what do you do do you need someone's help do you need to pay someone yeah. you know how do you get to 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 where you think you need to be and what are you satisfied with and also what are the be like people don't even know the benefits they get and yeah. they get this va pamphlet that's 50 pages long when they get their disability and they don't read it but it says in there specifically hey you can have this disability insurance and you don't have to pay any you know you don't have to pay any premiums hey you get this um you know education dependence education uh thing thirteen hundred dollars yeah. a month my son's getting for good to go to college you know from the DEA wow. so if you don't know that and then of course the state ones like Texas gives you 160 free hours or something yeah. like that for your dependents so all these things you really need to talk to some holistic counselor about this because it's, it's the only way you're going to merge it all is that, together. Is that the second book or is that just uh, part so, of the first book? So I wish I had the, I wish I did this podcast next year because I came up with this idea to do well uh, then you just have to come back uh, okay but uh, so yeah. so we should go to Romania. So it you can cool. so you can look at my webpage over the next year. I want to do a nonprofit, or I want to I want to team up with a nonprofit. And I'm talking with I think Scott. You interviewed Scott Mann, right? Mm -hmm. So he's got a nonprofit called the Hero's Journey. Okay. Um, and so we I've been talking with him. I think we did Scott Mann. God, what does that sound familiar? I think he did too. Yeah. Um, but uh, um, but uh, he's got one. He he did a play called Last Out. Um, so Last Out play, which is about a. Uh, a green beret who 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 go who dies in the beginning and he can't let go in, to get to heaven to get to Valhalla, and he can't let go and so it's about all the things that are on his mind, PTSD, letting his family down, all these things that he can't let go of, and it's it's really powerful play, and I think he made a movie of it, and I think the movie's still available out online right now. But last uh, lastoutplay.com yeah. is or dot com is the webpage, but um. Uh, he brings psychiatrists with him when he does the play because it triggers veterans, and then he gets them the help they need to go with their PTSD. So it's a really, it's a really great program. And uh, we were talking. I don't know if it's going to come, if he's going to be able to help me with this because it's all about legals and stuff like that. But I, my plan is to teach, well, to to offer like this kind of this kind of VA thing, uh, VA kind of holistic view of your life, but also to teach veterans how to write. 
to write their own stories. And when I listen to every, every other podcast, they've written a book about their life because they want to pass the lessons on, right? Yeah. But not everyone knows how to write in the most compelling way, which is what I've come to specialize in the last three or four years, right? And I talk to authors all the time. They have a great story to tell, but when they tell it in a certain way, it's not, it's not as compelling as if you rearrange it, add a few things, take a few things away, and make it an exciting story. It doesn't have to be an action story, but just you know, exciting for the brain. And so my, uh, one of my ideas was to have a, a veteran writing program where I, I would be able to teach them the things that I've learned to make a better story. I've also mentored some to be editors too so they can make money in their free time for friends and stuff like that. But I, I haven't decided if I want to do that as a charity or, or for money or, or what. But right now I'm just doing it for free for people to ask me. So I'm sure I'm going to get 500 people to call me tomorrow. Right? Yeah, hopefully so. So you've got a website. Yeah, my website's uh, www.randysurles.com. It's my editing website. Um, I've edited like 40 books now. I've ghostwritten two. Um, we'll try to tag that in the uh, meeting notes. I appreciate the, it. Yeah, podcast notes. Um, and, and I've, you know, I started out with like, I'll edit anything. And uh, it's, it's, it's been, it's paid off in more ways than one. I've, I've done biographies and uh, I've, I've done, I've helped a lot of military guys get their story out there. And, and I really, I think telling, letting veterans know how the best way to tell their story is probably the solution to what I'm trying to do. I just like last year, I just had like a, I flipped and said, you know, I've been very fortunate and I have this editing business that's doing pretty well in this writing business. I should give back. What can I give back? What, what, what do I know? And so the two things that I know is how to combine these veteran and post retirement, uh, benefits. And the other thing I know is, you know, how to write and how to write a better story. And so that's what I was, I've been trying to wrestle with this for the last two months. I've talked to some mentors of mine and, and trying to figure out the best way to attack this. And so this next year I'm planning on implementing that. I just don't know what it looks like. So, All right. Very cool. So we already know you're coming back next year. <laughs> but before that, I do want to thank you for coming on the podcast because, it, I mean, I could have sat here. We've already been going now for three hours believe it or not are you serious yeah yeah and uh we could probably go we, we another three the last hours half of my life <laughs> yeah <laughs> gotta come back so yeah you definitely got to come back because i think what you're talking about right now is an important topic you know around not just helping veterans tell their stories which we we've you know had podcast around um a book around the last 20-year war and a lot of the people talking about their transitional challenges and those types of things but I think, too, the VA, um, understanding that, our, our life insurance, these are all critical things that we just don't spend enough time around. And um, so I'd love to have you come back and, and us hit on those topics. Sure. Especially after you've got everything all set up like you were talking about. Yeah. I think it would be really cool. Yeah. No, I was thinking as a coming here, I was like, should I mention this? It's not up yet. I don't know. But it's a super important topic. No, it'll be great because then people will listen to it yeah. and be looking forward to it. Okay, cool. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, most definitely. Done so, and done. Randy, thanks so much again, man. All the way from Romania. Somebody's got to beat that, right? That's yeah. the new challenge. Yeah, distance challenge for Mentors for Mill. How far can Right I now, Ra Randy has top top billing. Top dog, <laughs> top Lancero. <laughs> well, if uh, you know, Russia gets through Ukraine, they're going to hit Romania, so I'll have to go somewhere else. Oh. I'm thinking about moving to Croatia, though. It's freaking beautiful. Like Yugoslavia, when it split up, Croatia got the... That's what I've heard. Croatia got it. They yeah. got the whole coast. Yeah. It's crazy, amazing. It's so, and it's not too expensive. Everyone speaks yeah. English. They still show movies in English. 
which is a pretty oh. important thing. Romania too, but most of the other Western countries they they dub them. <laughs> Got to have priorities. Maybe. Marvel's coming out with good movies, I'm sure. And maybe we'll yeah. go over there and do the podcast in Croatia. I'm voting for Deal. that. Yeah. Uh, yep. <laughs> I'm voting for that. All right. I might not. You're invited. <laughs> Appreciate it, Randy. Yep. Bye. All right, Randy.